This, this, this is a Tape Deck Podcast. Hey everybody, it's H, and welcome to the latest installment of Dune Pod, where we talk to our friends about the movies we love. This week, I'm joined, as always, by my co-host, Jason. He's not coming back to take from the mouse again. Like, he's not going to deal with these fans. And by Godzilla comics writer and co-host of the X-Ray Vision podcast, Rosie Knight. And then he gets to ride her, which I'm like, is cool, but also weird, but cool. <laughs> we talk one of her all-time favorite superhero movies starring our boy, Jason Momoa, James Wan's Aquaman. If you're enjoying the show, we need your help. Take a minute to leave us a five-star rating and review wherever you listen to your podcast, or just tell your friends about us because it really does help new listeners find the show. We also have a Discord server where you can hang out with us online whenever you want. A link is in the show notes. And now, without further ado, Aquaman. Rosie, this is your third appearance. That's amazing. Um, Right after well, we did Legend and we did um, what was our second one? I don't remember. Was Legend was Logan's Run was Logan's Run was first, Logan's then was Legend, first. then yes. so this is I'm coming into contemporary cinema now, yeah. <laughs> yes. leaving the past behind uh, for now. For now, for now. And so when we did Legend, you were talking about how you had a specific connection and you had gotten to know James Wan through the process of of covering the film, but you really were a big fan of Aquaman. So that's our pick for tonight. That's what we're going to be talking about in just a few minutes. Mm. But first, next week on DunePod, Jason, you know, like, it's kind of like an illustrious guest run happening on DunePod right yes, now. We're in the okay. heart of it. Yeah, we had the showrunner of Shadow and Bone. Yeah, uh, I, I love that show so much. That was such he's a He's delightful. Great, yeah, just such a, I, I love it. I can't wait for the new series. I've actually gotten to see some of it. It's brilliant. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'm, yeah. I'm ready. Totally. So Eric was amazing. And actually, if you're listening to this pod, that episode will drop at midnight on March 16th, 12.01 a.m. When the series alarms. drops. Yeah. Our first ever bonus episode. So that's that, that is a, a huge yeah. one. But then secondly, we've got Rosie here tonight from Crooked Media's hit podcast, X-Ray Vision, which is yes. our, favorite, our favorite pod. And then next week, ever heard of The Ringer, Jason? I have heard of The Ringer. You ever heard Let's of The Ringerverse it. podcast? Oh, yeah, that's right. That's happening. Joanna Robinson. Hey. Oh, my God. Joe wrote this. It's the powerhouse. The powerhouse time. The power, yeah, it's the best month, basically. It's crazy. Our time. What? what? It's, Oh, you, you can't announce it, can you? Oh, what? no, no. We're doing we're doing Train to Busan. Oh, shut mm. up. I love Which I've never movie. seen. Oh, my yeah, God. It's really, I haven't seen it's it. It's really wow. good. You're, lo- I you're watched in it for last a treat. Night. You're in for a treat. That's one I'm of my favorite excited. modern movies. It's so good. I cannot wait. We should wait. quit after these three pods. It feels very <laughs> difficult to believe it's that like, this who? is not the peak. I am like, I'm like, who can we get to make it? So every week now will have to be like more intense with like an even cooler, weirder movie and like a more awesome person. After, I after tell Joe you, and Eric, Barack I mean, Obama will be more boring than either. Than either <laughs> but he does Obama. always like, do a good film selection week. So get him on to talk he, about his 2022 films. That's true. Right? He does. He does pick some good films. Well, we, we're definitely not quitting before we have Dave Itzkoff come back to do. Oh, Popeye. yes. To do. Popeye. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> yes. yes. 
that'll be our shit movie return to earth. <laughs> like, <it's> like <laughs> You're like, this is the one where we remember not all cinema is magic. Exactly. <laughs> like, no, we hey, don't think the Popeye it. set exists. I, I saw that movie, I saw that movie 50 times as a kid. So oh, I, I watch it. I still watch I've it. Seen it's it a it's ton of times. so weird. Yes, yeah. cannot wait. So next week, uh, Train to Busan with Joanna Robinson. That's going to be amazing. Let's do some quick Dune news. Would you like to know more? Ooh. It's been a productive, I feel it's happening for us, you guys. Mm-hmm. Like it, it's been a, a lot of weeks in which we've been like, Dune news, nothing to report. But yeah. now, lots this to is report. Reporting. Yeah. We're this back is on all it. All shakeups edition, <laughs> Dune news. But let's go. Starting with Dune Sisterhood has had a huge <laughs> shakeup as sh- reported by Deadline. Take it out to the fucking backyard and shot in the head. <laughs> like something terrible happened back there. I don't Johan know what the Rank, meeting was. It yeah, was it's bad. not good. Johan Warner Rank Brothers. is out. Mm-hmm. Shirley Henderson is out. Yeah. Um, so first of all, Johan Rank, I finally watched Chernobyl, uh, you know, just a month ago, and it's insanely good. And the idea of him being cast and being an auteur on Dune Sisterhood is insanely good. And the discussion that they thought he was too auteur and they had to get rid of that because they didn't want him looking different than Denis, um, that seems like a problem. That's completely wild. It goes against everything that made Denis Dune great. Like you want to have someone who has a vision. Yeah, has a vision. Yeah. What are they going to do? What are they trying to do? Like make like, you know, like Dune, but like with the the dream on aesthetic or something. I mean, it's just like, <laughs> what, what kind of, what kind of, like, what, what are we doing? What's going on at Warner Brothers Discovery? Why have they not realized that everything they do that is successful? And I will, I will put, I'm sorry, I put Aquaman into this to a point. Yeah. 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 But like everything they do that is successful is when they give somebody like yes. a creative free reign. Yeah. Whether it's Euphoria with Sam Levinson, like yeah. it's Aquaman. It's thing when you do something, when you allow somebody to have free reign, Demi with June, and do something in their own visual style as an auteur does, that's what makes yeah. things you can't Great. if they try and ape Denis's style without Denis, it's gonna be terrible. So you wanna yeah. have somebody who can exist in that world, but still bring something fresh to it. He also has a compatible style. It's yeah. not like it's not like he has some radically different um, you know Chernobyl demonstrates incredible cinematography but a real attention to detail and groundedness um yeah. and powerful emotional storytelling. So so that's a little scary. Production's on hold. They have a that's story that that like production was always going to be on hold. But this is never. This one's not. This one's not coming out. Yeah. I'm going to just Let's predict, be real. Warner Brothers Discovery is. Uh... Oh, you think this is done? You I think, think this is done. done. I think this is like. I think this is like. Ah, yeah, we're retooling. Just like they're retooling like the Rogue Squadron wow. at Disney no, I, or whatever. Well, hold. Don't don't jump ahead. You know please. what? <laughs> I, I will say that I believe David Zaslav is so obsessed with IP that he yeah. will force. Something these projects dude. to fruition. I never mm. thought The Flash was going to come out. We talked about it extensively yeah. Yeah. on the podcast. Right. right. They He made it come out because he yeah. values We will IP. shoot it from inside a Hawaiian jail. Literally, like, it care. will happen no matter what <laughs> right. crimes were committed. So I, right. even though this feels to me very much like in the historical news of, oh, we're never going to see this, his yeah. obsession with IP and Dune being one of their biggest IPs now. Yeah. It does make me think that we might see a version of it. The question okay, is, I like it. What version? What version? 
I just think it's, it, I mean, I keep coming back to this, but um, if you go back to fall of 2021, when the press tour happened for Dune and people were flipping with Timothy and Zendaya and the idea of Timothy and Zendaya and Florence and Austin, like it is Dune 2 is going to be nuclear. Oh, yeah. It yeah, is going to be the biggest thing of the year. It's a for very sure. attractive cast. Like all hitting like a big, all hitting a stride. Accessible and also non-COVID release. So yeah. we yeah. really get to see, yeah. even though it made a lot of money. Yeah. If this is really positioned as that film, like you yeah. said, it could be like the biggest film of the year. Yeah. Let's let her, let her, let it run. This is like the scene in like the horse racing movie where you're like, <laughs> yeah, she's got another gear in her. Let her let her take the lead. Fifteen <laughs> like, years later, it's like Dune twenty five. Yeah, it's exactly. like the Dune CU has occurred. <laughs> Listen, we've got we've got more content. It's just not very good. Like there's more, there, there are many more books. They're just not great. There's some challenges for sure. All right, second shakeup. Star Wars uh, yes. breaking this afternoon per That's variety. News. <laughs> yeah, so Rosie, definitely want to get your take on this. So first of all, Feige, uh, his movie is canceled. Yes. Patty Jenkins, Rogue Squadron is canceled. Those are yeah. officially done. Ryan is somewhere um, and not he's in a hurry because he's- Yeah, he's yeah. making Benoit Blanc movies. He doesn't <laughs> he, He's, he's making no, $500 million by Netflix. I rounded exactly, it out, but it exactly. wasn't a $500 He's mil. not coming back to take shit from the mouse again. Like, he's not going to deal with He just made Poker Face. Like, he yeah. just got to make, like, his dream Columbo riff with fucking <laughs> yeah. Natasha Leone. He's not totally. trying to... He, he's not in a rush. I want Ryan to come back. I think he's a star yeah, genius. I want to see course. those... Those yeah. films. Yeah. I mean, I think the Feige movie, even though like canceled is the word, to me, that's a, it, he's busy. Like there's like right. 5 million MCU. So I think if there's ever a time when he wants to make that movie, he will probably be able to make it in the sure, future. Sure. Could come but, back later. Yeah. But that, that's like five years down the line. Earliest, I think. Because the MCU is just full. Maybe this is just all deck clearing in, mm -hmm. a, in advance of like their announcements at Celebration or I whatever. I think that is what it is. Yeah. So that there's not any people saying, what about Rogue Squadron? What about Kevin yeah. Feige? You Be know? Because the other the other option, if it's not, if this isn't like a strategic, like planted story where it's like, hey, we're going to tell you all the stuff we're getting rid of because in a month we're going to tell you all the stuff we're doing. If it's not that, then we live in a world in which the Walt Disney Corporation cannot figure out how to make a Star Wars Don't movie. Don't even get and, me started. And I simply cannot believe that that is possible. I cannot 20? believe that we live in a world in which the most valuable movie IP of all time, some people are just sitting around me like, fuck, I don't know. Like, do you think it should have <laughs> lightsabers? What should, what should be going on with this thing? I mean, the weirdest thing to me as well is like, Guess what? The way that the nightmarish world of IP is, they have like 8,000 books that they can draw yeah, from. They don't so even much. have to have an original idea. They can just go back to, you know, what we call the EU, but they call legends. Like they yeah. bring stuff in from there all the time. There's so many options. Also, there's so many brilliant, talented filmmakers who can come up with fresh stories yes. and who, as we all know, as things we have to do as creatives, sometimes you have to file the edges off a story that wasn't IP and then you make it IP. Like there's all different ways. It's tough though now, like they have to clear the Andor bar, Whew. which basically wow. cannot be cleared. Cannot like Jason, be I, I, I got chilled up when Jason posted a tweet that I had, know. The, the Luthen mm -hmm. speech and yeah. just the one minute I know. of it. Yeah. 
I literally get chills every every time I see Sunless Base. I'm just like, yeah. I can't go on. I think that is like the biggest issue that they have at the moment is like it's the Andor bar. Also very happy to see that they did confirm it's done after season two. Yes. I think that's yeah. the right yeah. way to go, right? Yeah, for yeah, sure. Yeah. For sure. But also like, I just think that post Rise of Skywalker, which tried to do this kind of nightmare fan service, though I, yes. I'm a fan of servicing fans. I think there's cool sure. ways to do it. I of didn't course. think that was it. I think no. that the last Jedi opened all these incredible doors that were never explored. Um, yes. And I think the problem that they have now is The Last Jedi was obviously very divisive, but generally quite well thought of. The Rise of Skywalker was not, didn't make that much right. money. And then the next hugest kind of most critically acclaimed thing they've had is Andor. So you're basically like, oh, democratizing Star Wars, that was cool, but divisive. Oh, wait, political, like prison abolition yeah. of Star Wars. People love it. <laughs> yeah. But also, how do we make this make a billion dollars? The ratings for right. Andor weren't as high either. So that's like, that's the other complication. Yeah. And it, but then, then again, I'm also like, dude, guess who is at Star Wars every day at Lucasfilm? His name's John Favreau. He literally launched the MCU. He makes crowd pleasing right. movies right. and television at all time. How is he not just making them like, a movie. All the time. They're just, I don't just know. like it's just one. Weird. Just, just imagine. I, I really enjoy the Mandalorian. I love like serialized storytelling. Mm -hmm. I love cute puppets. Mm -hmm. So, I, and I think it's fun. I think it's very old school Star Wars, very Star Wars Marvel comics from the eighties. So I really like it. But like that could easily be translated into a similar style of yeah. storytelling. Now, look, I would love to see different kinds of people and different voices being put in there. But it's not like Disney doesn't have access to Dave Filoni and John Favreau, two people who have successfully shaped Star Wars and are just there, like at Lucasfilm Ranch at all times. Like I don't I don't understand. It's very confusing. It's I'm glad you <laughs> put it I'm glad we see this the same way because like I, I feel like I'm just like taking crazy pills. I'm like, look, like, like just, just try to make one. Just try, mm -hmm. like, write, write down some ideas. Like, you know, steal some ideas. Like, make a KOTOR movie. I don't know. Just do something. Like, do a heist movie, but it's just Star Wars. Like, there's yeah, many exactly. Do a horror exactly. movie. We, there's loads of those in Legends. One yeah. thing I thought was really interesting was, for a long time, one of the things that was in this news that I guess was kind of buried because of the shakeup is, like, for a long time, there'd been these rumors of this Damon Lindelof Star yeah, Wars script, writer's yeah. room. That yeah. was and not they, referenced. No, no, no. It wasn't. No, do. it was in the article. They, they lightly reference it. It's the yeah. first time that it's been officially referenced. It was confirmed in that ar oh. same like, article. He's been oh, working I with. He's been working with multiple different writers mm -hmm, for mm -hmm. a film that would potentially be by the a documentarian who directed two episodes of Miss Marvel. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, kind of, yeah, yeah. But it was oh, like that it. was a huge. Everyone had been like, oh, the Damon Lindelof Star Wars, what's it going to be? What's it going to be? So that I thought that was interesting because it kind of confirms a, a rumor that there was this kind of ephemeral super team of writers trying to crack Star Wars. Also, I don't think it's necessarily news that Taika wants to be in Star Wars. Like, I was yeah, like, of course. Oh, it's Taika. Like, that's literally what he used to do. Like, in Boy, he plays like a main character that he, di he yeah. directed. You know, same with Jojo Rabbit. Sure. I think Taika wants to be in Star Wars and direct Star Wars. That's like, yeah, okay. I didn't Lucasfilm already know that. That's not surprising to me. Yeah. Right? I'd like to see it, but also again, like, hurry up. What's going on? They better announce at least one ah movie in one month. I want to like, see a uh, teaser. How is nothing in production? Something. Like, like do something. What are we blaming it on? There's not like it, like movies are in production. You had the pandemic for a while, but like, let's go. Like, you got to come up with something. As you said it when you were like, what do we blame it on? You know what we blame it on? It's streaming. That's really yeah. the problem. 
They yeah. they put all their money into Disney Plus TV shows because yeah. that is where the money was during the pandemic. Right. And now they're kind of playing catch up. It is complicated though when you when you have TV shows that can look as good as film, mm -hmm. um, yeah. then the bar is different, yeah. right? Like if I can get ten hours of character development like mm -hmm. Andor versus two, well, let's be honest, it'd probably be two hours and seventeen minutes or whatever, right? Um, you know, of a of a big Star Wars movie or two thirty, yeah. um, you can do more cool stuff in in a series. Uh, but I, I don't know. So I, I'm a little less worried about the theatrical piece, and I just want really great, uh, really great stories from these guys. Yeah, I mean, my dream ever since that they bought, like, because look, we got to find the silver linings of corporations owning everything, right? I'm like, why don't they do like an animated droids movie, like a 2D right. oh, yeah. hand animated, like you bring in right. the Disney big shots? Oh, love that. But, or you can do a Pixar Star Wars movie. I mean, that would make money for a million yeah. years. There right. seems to be ideas there that I think are ripe for for exploiting. But yeah. I think I think really it's that streaming conundrum, like you say. And also that technology that they've really established on streaming with like the volume, which obviously in The Mandalorian is incredible, it hasn't necessarily translated the same way for audiences. People had a really bad reaction to it with Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantumania. Yeah, you know, it didn't and Obi-Wan. Yeah, mm -hmm. so I think I think they kind of struggle with that space of like, well, we've got this really expensive technology. Is it worth spending 300 million on a movie that might not do it when we could spend the same amount of money that might win us you know, this many new followers. And it, look, and it looked great. It looked great on House of the Dragon. Like, oh. was, but they used it phenomenal. sparingly. I mm -hmm. need to be, I need to see the emails that come out of these meetings <laughs> where they're playing. I just, I just like want to understand like how they even think about this, these questions. Mm -hmm. Because to me, I'm just like, there's something, there's some language problem. Like they're just like thinking about it in the wrong way. Or they're like, they're, they're, they're they just can't like kind of envision a way out of whatever box they've trapped themselves mm -hmm. in because of business. Something like, show me the meeting notes. Like, give me, like, let me see one PowerPoint. I think I can like, you know, like diagnose your organizational issue. If you just like leak me some whoever people listening to this podcast who work at the Disney corporate, <laughs> leak me some emails and I will figure out what's going on wrong with your meetings and we can turn this ship around. Okay. I we won't disclose your hourly rate on the air. Uh, you <laughs> no. have to contact us if you want yes. that and I yes. will only take 3%. So. Yes, sounds good. I will take 1% for the That sounds fine. <laughs> <Okay>. Accepted. <laughs> All right, uh, let us just say welcome. We had uh, a new Discord friend join us this week, and that was Ethan Quayle. Ethan Quayle, Ethan. welcome. Hey, Ethan. Welcome. Nice to have you here. All right, you guys. Well, enough with the preamble. What do you think? Should we get into this movie? Yeah, let's yes. do it. Okay. All right, here we go. You are not going to believe this synopsis. Let's go. <laughs> Aquaman is, or will he claim the mantle of Aquaman? Oh, you didn't write the synopsis. Is that what we're learning live? <laughs> Sometimes this happens. God damn H it. H didn't do his homework. In fairness, oh. this is our second pod today. Do you want me to do? Uh, do yes. You me, okay, uh, yes. Okay. Go, I, just, I just literally watched it. So. Okay. Beautiful. In Maine. In the 80s at some point, Tamura Morrison, known as Tom yes. Curry, falls in love with Nicole Kidman, known as Atlanta. He is a lighthouse keeper. She is a, a beautiful <laughs> royal from the depths of Atlantis. They have a forbidden love and a forbidden baby. And eventually that baby will grow up to become Arthur Curry, AKA Aquaman. But before they can live out their happy family life, Atlanta is 
thrown back deep into the depths where Arthur and Tom believe she has been killed. It drives a deep division between Arthur and Atlantis and he becomes the human Earth hero known as Aquaman, who you may have met in Justice League, the original cut. <laughs> but when his half-brother Orm, played brilliantly by Patrick Wilson, who sadly does not sing in this movie, yeah. threatens to demolish the surface world, Aqua uh, Arthur will have to take on his past and become the hero known as Aquaman. Yes! <laughs> I was like, I don't want to spoil too much, but yeah, it's, yeah. that's that's about it. And Mira. Wow. She's Beautiful. That's Beautiful. amazing. Freestyle Nicely. guest synopsis. Woo. It's never happened. It has never it's happened. A, it's a first. It's first a time. first. The Lin-Manuel Miranda of synopsis. It's <laughs> <laughs> great. Beautiful. All right. Well, so um, let me ask first, uh, Rosie. So you, this is your pick. Um, and obviously this resonated. So what was your initial history with Aquaman? And, and you can go back to... I can't remember. Was he in Dawn of Justice or whatever? I think no. I think I think like he got introduced in the Justice League okay. movie, which I'm whatever about. That era of DC is not particularly for me. I, I'm not a Superman kills people kind of person. But uh -huh. I love I love the original Aquaman. I love I love the Super Friends. You know, like the old yeah. DC cartoons. I yeah. love the. I think as well, like growing Form up. Form of an ice bridge. Yeah, it, just so, so <laughs> much brilliant kind of campy, now, you know, perennially existing in memes. Mm -hmm. And and I think I love those older stories. I love, there's some actually really brilliant Aquaman stories that I think are some of the best stuff DC's done. Aquaman was also deeply connected with uh, one of the most legendary female comics artist called Ramona Fredone, who had, yeah. she drew a lot of Aquaman, she drew a lot of DC covers. She invented Atlana. Um, so I just always thought it was like a really cool wow. character. Yeah, she she just co just by herself because she was writing and drawing at that time. Huh. And um, she's still she's like ninety and she still draws DC covers to this day. She's like Incredible. a total legend. Um, so I always really liked the character. I loved the kind of memeiness. I when I I've I write at DC Comics and when they first launched DC Universe, I would write quite a lot about like Super Friends, a uh, Super Pets. I love them and. Yeah. Yep. Aquaman has a lot of super pets. He's got Topo, you know, in one iteration, he's raised by a dolphin who's his mom, but also like his super pet. So it's like really weird. So it's got that good, <laughs> good, weird, like 60s comic book vibes. And then it turned out at the time I was working pretty extensively with Nerdist and uh -huh. I went to San Diego Comic-Con. I met James Wan to interview him about Aquaman. And I was just so blown away by the kind of the passion that he had for the character and the stuff mm -hmm. that he was talking about that he was drawing from. He's talking about like Kurosawa and Shakespeare and these kind of familial relationships. You know, mm. he understood really deeply that Black Manta's not really like a true villain, like Orm is your villain. And this, mm. he just, he had so much passion for the characters. And I was like, oh, this is actually like, this could be really cool. And that was like mm. on a boat at San Diego Comic-Con in like a junket interview. So this is like a 20 minute interview, you know? Yeah, right, yeah. Right. And, and I was just like, wow, that's really cool. And it just turned out that through that, I ended up getting invited to go onto this, the editing bay of the movie. Oh, cool. And while, while James was editing at Warner Brothers, it was me and about five other journalists. Holy shit. And I gave him a copy of Message from Space, which is like one of my favorite movies because we talked about kind of like weird tokusatsu stuff before. Huh. And uh, it's, it's a 1978 Japanese Star Wars ripoff. 
with Vic uh, Morrow and uh, Hiroyuki Sanada. It's unbelievable. I don't think it's connected to Dune, but I would come on and talk about it. <laughs> Just great. anyone watch it. I think it's on YouTube for free. Uh, Shout Factory did a copy of it, but I gave him a nice. copy of that and, and I watched and what they showed us, right, in that scene, what he was, it was the, uh, the opening of the movie mm-hmm. where it's this romantic love story between Nicole Kidman and Tamara Morrison. And it's, there's this moment where the, it's very campy, it's very cute, it's like very colorful, but there's this moment where they're talking and then you go into a snow globe and then uh-huh. she's on the snow globe in the snow. Right. And I was like, oh, I'm sold. I was yeah. like, this is like, this feels like an 80s, like romantic, like kind of comedy. Yeah. But uh, And I was like, this is so different. And then immediately afterwards, as is in the movie, about five minutes later, there's one of the best superhero oh, fight scenes yeah. that yeah. I've yeah. seen directed by anyone. When I saw, it's these white, you know, suited kind of Atlantean soldiers and they're super high tech and they have this unbelievably choreographed wide angle fight with Nicole Kidman. Yeah. And I was just like, oh, this is this is going to be something really special. And I ended up going to an early screening on the Warner Brothers lot with like a bunch of other critics. And that is still to this day, like one of the most fun hmm, critics. That's awesome. Ex- people would just, at all the points where you would hope that people would like laugh, and like lose their mind. They just they were. Like yeah, it was yeah. it, everyone was so into the vibe of the film and so went in so uncynically mm, that yeah, that yeah. room was just like it was just such a fun kind of joyous thing. And and through that and just like I feel like me and James have a lot of similar things that we love. So it's yeah. just nice to to meet someone who makes great art and also be able to be like Oh, that was like a baby reference, like that yeah. weird eighties dinosaur movie. Like that's why you <laughs> yeah. put Nicole Kidman in there. And he's yeah. like, yeah, yeah. And I was like, I'm okay, wild. great. Like, and so I just, I think also like as somebody who grew up with horror films, to grow up and go to the cinema and see the kind of world and landscape that James Wan made with like Saw, and then obviously the Conjuring universe. Sure. To then see that transition into like superhero movies, the other thing I love. That's just wild to me. And I love that he brings that sensibility in that one unbelievable kind of sequence with the trench. Yeah. Yeah. um, I really love to see that. Yeah. The the duality. Yeah. I I was really surprised about the the visual style of the movie mm-hmm. and like, like, cause like someone in our discord, I think compared to the speed racer, um, like it's yeah. just like, it's like this very like bombastic, like mm-hmm. over the top, like, you know, it breaks out of your visual range of what you thought you should even be paying attention yeah. to. Um, and I was really surprised because like, I didn't, I didn't think like DC made movies that were, I don't know that playful really right? like I like or had any sense of play. It was just like always the most serious shit that's ever happened mm-hmm. like to like <laughs> super beings. Um, but this one is like is like very is like very over the top. And like Jason Momoa is just fucking the most charismatic person. Oh, my like, God. He's, he's just I, they just let him be him like that. Yeah, casting yeah, yeah. was so smart. That, that is the, yeah. that is the best part. I So I want to hit this, Jason. Um, I was going to say it for later, but um as I was thinking about it visually, I kept coming back to Tron Legacy. I was going to say Tron Legacy, yeah. There's a there's a lot of pieces that really resonate with yes. that, but the difference is Tron Legacy has a very flat color palette, right? It's got the black, mm-hmm. and yeah. it's like the white, blue, and the yellow, and that's it. And, yeah. th- and I love that. Like, I yeah. love the way that it looks. And this is like that on steroids. Yeah, uh, it's more amped up. Of- 
I think I think the other big difference. I think I thought it's funny you mentioned Tron Legacy. This is how in sync we are. This is the par- partner, <laughs> podcast partner bond that even times of strain yep. cannot fully sunder. <laughs> um, tr- like the like the escape from Atlantis scene. Yes, in particular, yes. the one thing I wish it had is Daft Punk as a soundtrack. I oh really wish. I really wish if they had, if it had that, it would have that would have been a really good choice. I feel it would have fit in really well because it would have been as playful. I think Rupert Gregson Williams. Yeah. There was when they when they first come into. Well, let me just let's delay it. We'll come. We'll come I, back I was going to say I, we'll talk I, about I that because that's like I one of my to, favorite sequences. Yeah, there's multiple right. sequences actually where I think the score does does hit some of those. Lead us pieces. lead us into de-aged Boba Fett. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. My first note was Boba Fish. And the, <laughs> as I was watching, <laughs> well, I just want to do just quick behind the scenes before we get into Boba Fish. So, so first of all, the idea that Jason Momoa was cast um, is a really wild idea, right? Arthur Curry, typically a blonde white guy, mm-hmm. uh, and there was a good call out that Patrick Wilson is exactly what. Yeah, you know, would have been the Aquaman. It's type, so smart to do yeah. that switch out. Well, Zack Snyder wanted to break the barrier of, of not having mm-hmm. any mixed race heroes. So I think that's really cool. Um, and I love Momoa um, in this and he looks fucking phenomenal. Jason um, Momoa is just the fucking sexiest, most charismatic movie yeah. star. And like, he really is like, he's got like that Brad Pitt energy mm-hmm. from like, like in the Fight Club era where you're just like, this guy is delightful. He is. And it's fun to see him in this one because we just watched a lot of C. And he's like so serious and seeing yeah. he's just, you know, killing a lot of people. This is like mm-hmm. so much more. Fu- I like seeing him have a good time. I'm happy mm-hmm. that he's having a good time. He deserves I agree. It. So this was uh, in development starting in 2004, but didn't get any traction until Man of Steel in 2013. Juan came in in 2015 um, and then they shot it. Arthur and uh, Tom are portrayed as being of Polynesian nationality. Um, Amoa's Hawaiian and Morrison is Maori. Um, so the strong, the strong Maori expat community in Maine. Uh, yeah, baby. Like, <laughs> like, like, like they're just doing the hockey. The fishermen. Out there and that's just how it rolls. is, baby. Yeah, yeah, it doesn't matter which sea. It's like Atlantic, Pacific. It's fine. It's good. We're <laughs> just good. The ocean. Yeah. Last piece is none of the underwater scenes were actually filmed underwater. So this is not an yes. Avatar. Two situation. Um, so they that would rig the fairly actors. clear. There's <laughs> a lot of CG hair work, um, and we're going to spend some time on hair um, as we get a little. It's bit. a big hair movie. Yeah, yeah, there's a lot of hair moments. Yeah, yeah. I do want to just take two minutes on logos. The underwater Warner Brothers logo is really cool, okay. um, and I like that a lot. And I like the water. Yeah. Um, this whole DC logo thing. Um, which I assume, right, where they show the characters flying yeah. around, which I assume is a reaction to Marvel having yeah, done their dumb thing yeah. where they show the people flying around. With Marvel, at least it made sense because they were freaking out because people didn't understand that Fox owned the mm-hmm. X-Men right, and, Mar- right. and Sony owned Spider-Man, so they needed to show the characters more clearly they thought. But I would like all those logos to go away and just be simplified. Um, I would like to see like in the old, like the blade, it's just like, it'll just say like Marvel Studios, you know, Mm. it's just like in like Ariel. (laughs) Like I would be happy the old, the old days of it, the, uh, the, the pre-monopoly, pre-monopoly days, pre-success days, really, let's be real. I like the ones where it would just flip and show the comics. I thought that was a really Mm -hmm. cool. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's Marvel's is like, 
the the ish they they go in the middle now where it's like it's the Marvel comic book logo but with all the actors. I like the old yeah. the old comic book one. That's really cool. There's okay, just cool. so much in, with DC where you like it's just they're being the Pepsi to Marvel's Coke, and you're just <laughs> like, just try to be you guys. Like, well, you know, I, don't, I will uh, also say I do believe uh, as much as people might not like to hear this, but they will realize it's true. This I think is one of the few times that DC Coca Cola Marvel and Marvel uh-huh. has been doing stuff to catch up or. It, aping aquaman which seems like weird with, because with like thor love and thunder they're like we yeah. need like a bit we need like a big fun guy even i i know that they were mm. looking at aquaman when they made wakanda forever like right. absolutely no question that that right, wasn't right. like an influence of course yeah that's true mm. and visually i mean i do think that some of the less successful stuff marvel's done recently is kind of going for more of this vibrant color popping space but they again don't necessarily have that visionary that we're so talking pur- about. Whereas so much purple. James has, oh my God, the purple and the pink. But here, mm-hmm. like James knows what he wants Atlantis to look like. And so yeah. you see yeah. it and you get yeah. a feel for it. And it's totally unlike anything else that we've mm. seen. Mm. Yeah. Love it. All right. Well, so this starts out with Arthur's voiceover talking about Jules Verne once wrote the two ships in the sea will meet. Without wind or tide, they will come together. Jules Verne. And we have Nicole washing up uh, onto the shore. So Jason, your thoughts on Nicole uh, and and the fit? I I, I was so confused at the beginning because like, (laughs) I like, I I was, I didn't know Nicole Kidman was in this movie. I didn't know that she was being, I didn't know that she was being de-aged like slightly. And so I was just like, she looks incredible. And like, she looks (laughs) And then like I saw- The suit is incredible too. The suit is incredible. And then I saw like tomorrow Morris where the de-aging like isn't, is a little bit more the Irishman and like a little bit, a little bit less good. And yeah, I mean, it is, it is, it is amazing. And now of course- But all the wrinkles coalesced into the hair on top of the Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's where the, that's where the wig came from. That wig is rough. Yeah, yeah, the wig is rough. It's the wig so, is rough. It's so big. Hair wise. <laughs> that was not good. That hair was not good on the wig work, but I did like the the romance stuff, her eating the goldfish. That's and- a that's the moment where you know like yes. they're in on the joke. Mm. Yes. Like it it is a comedic superhero movie that has like multiple Oh, also that dog is so cute. Every time yeah. I watch it, I'm just like, that's like the fluffiest dog. But mm. yeah, when I when I spoke to James about it th- during those interviews, it was like very that storyline of the the Arthur, the Tom and, and and Atlanta is like the heart of the story for him. And I feel like mm. that really comes through when mm. you watch that opening. Cause without it, like the, the you could see the movie without that that beginning and end. It almost yeah. could be completely cleaved. But I just don't mm. think it works as well. I like the kind of corny romance of it and the the setup of this kind of two worlds and why that matters. And yeah, and the dog. And, the and it makes it sort of feel like it's it's sort of like a splash situation. Yeah. Like it's sort of like, you know, she's, oh, she doesn't know not to eat fish or whatever. Like it doesn't, yeah, it's, it makes it's it this... big like mermaid comedy. There's like yeah. a really nice Easter egg. Do you guys know that Dunwich old? Horror? No, the the old that is a great one that I saw this time. No, so on the TV that she smashes is that old British yes. puppet show Stingray. So yes. it's like the under yeah, it's oh my god, it's so good. It was made by the same people who made Captain Scarlet and Thunderbirds. Okay. But it's like it's a group of underwater people, and there's like a uh. there's like a sexy female mermaid character. It's like Aquamarina. Ah. 
That was actually my favorite one when I was a kid Love out it. of all the wow. puppet ones. So when I saw that as well, I was like, I feel like I'm being pandered to. This is like mm. extremely specific. But yeah, it's fun. It does set up in a bad wigs. We know that's going to yeah. come. It's a superhero yes. movie. The wigs yeah. are, the wigs are it's gonna always going to happen. That is true. I was pandered to, in addition to Dunwich Horror, which I know, I was like, okay, I see what you're doing there, James. The trench is coming. Mm -hmm. Also, Jason, how about that John C getting up in the mix? What's a John C? John C on the vocals from uh, Sigurose. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah, right yeah. on. That was nice. Okay. Uh, and, and and the background is, uh, as Arthur describes, that she'd fled an arranged marriage. Mm -hmm. uh, and you get that snowy, very Sigurose, like it's mm -hmm. like yeah. they're on the, and you see that, you know, they learn that he's, Named after the storm, which I think is really fun. The Hurricane mm -hmm. Arthur and everything. Yeah, it's, it's a charming opening. My my other favorite is there's a Raising Arizona homage uh, where the camera is taking a picture. <laughs> We're setting yeah, pop yeah, here, yeah. hon. We're setting yeah. pop here, hon. Yeah. <laughs> that was amazing. Uh, I thought the, the exposition via the kid story, her telling mm -hmm. Arthur, I thought was really effective, like exposition really fast and uh, and in, in the mode. Yeah, and they, mm. they sell it like... Nicole is so great in this. Also, both the kids like clearly love her. Like every time I watch this movie, I'm like, that baby really likes Nicole Kidman. Of course. Like when they're taking mm. the photo, is like she is like that baby's like, ah, oh, it's Nicole Kidman. I love her. Yeah. Like heartbreak feels good in a place like this. Like, <laughs> the baby's gonna be disappointed the rest of its life. It didn't go home. <laughs> right. <Nicole>. So <laughs> I feel like you said that, like you say, like it just sells it so well, and then obviously mm. leads into like I still I just still rate that as one of the like highest, most underrated superhero movie fights. It's so good. That I fight think is incredible. It's really good. And the way it explodes out of the house is really good. The way it like goes inside outside. It's 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 great. I definitely sat up and take notice. I think this where this movie works is the action sequences mm -hmm. and like the montage. Like basically anytime the the movie's in motion, it's yeah. great. It's whenever it stops and like plants its feet and is like, we gotta go find the thing with the thing to look for the thing that leads us to the next. Like, don't don't bother. You don't need to. You're like, just do like, some action. Just, just you like just do a flip. Do some uh, call that whale bro back again. Like you know, <laughs> love like, that whale. He's, yeah, he seems chill. <laughs> no, like, you know what? I was I was talking about this today. Like that, it's almost like two different movies. Yeah, and the first like ten minutes feels more like a part of the second movie. But that, yeah, that bit where post the Atlanta fight and then going in and and kind of explaining everything and setting up the conflict that is very. It feels very different to when you really get into the kind of adventure and action and more like Indiana Jones-ish kind of yeah. like wild. Mm -hmm. And then obviously that final kind of battle. So yeah, but that that fight, I remember like in that in the editing bay when I watched it, when you see that like the hole in the wall is dripping that neon blue. Yeah. And then those Atlantean soldiers walk through and I was like, oh wait, this is like not at all like anything we've seen before, like in DC or Marvel. Again, those Atlantean soldiers, if you've seen Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantumania, that is what all of Kang's soldiers look like. Right. Almost copy and pasted. So I think there's a mm. lot of visuals here that were like kind of the first, even if mm. they are, I know for a lot of people, this is like a very three out of five kind of okay movie, but I actually think there's a lot in it that's been pretty influential over the last yeah. years. I will say, I think these, these, uh, soldiers are like the great grandchildren of the soldiers in Krull. Yeah, I thought oh about Krull too. Yeah. Okay. I will tell you, knowing James Wan and look at his films and things that he loves, I wouldn't yeah. be surprised if that was true. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> like a weird, a weird electric squid lives inside me. And if you puncture me, the squid <laughs> will fall and it will be sucked into the earth. <laughs> 
nice. Silly Oswald. Silly Oswald says krill, which is cool. <laughs> <laughs> nice, nice. Uh, so, so now we go to um, Black Manta, um, and so mm-hmm. Watchmen, the television mm-hmm. show, which Yaya Abdul Mateen mm-hmm. II was in, is mm-hmm. in like an unbelievable best, role. Yeah, unbelievable one of the best game changing role. Yeah. I know we can't even like I refuse to even discuss spoilers nope. on that show because we have to at some point do the whole series. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, on the pod. But so he is here. And again, I feel like he has a little bit less um, to do. They they do some work here to give him a motivation. I love his dad and the, mm-hmm. the backstory of the grandfather's knife. Um, played by Michael Beach, um, who played Al Boulay on ER. I don't know if you guys watched okay. ER. Yeah. All right. Good pull. <laughs> I was like, who is this guy? I know him, but I, I love yeah, him. Yeah, he's got such a familiar face. Yeah. Um, but when Arthur attacks, right, and driving <laughs> up the submarine, and then when he comes in, the music is swelling. And he does the hair flick. The hair And flip. looks over his shoulder, and it's like, dun, 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 dun. Listen to come aboard. <laughs> Dude, that is working at 110%. Yeah. That's, That's one of my favorite scenes from like any movie. I just watch it. So I watch that clip so often because I'm just like, who allowed this? And thank yes. you for allowing it. Because <laughs> yeah. for me, it's perfect. Like, the and he's like, permission to come aboard. It's like the most homoerotic, like yeah. extremely <laughs> macho, but also like completely silly, just uh-huh. awesome character introduction that sort of undoes a lot of that seriousness like you said that we've come to expect from those dc heroes especially introduced in the grimdark era yeah and he he is simultaneously ripped and shredded like he is very he is a lot more svelte in uh in this film than than he is today um he's kind of bulked he hadn't had a drink despite being aquaman he hadn't had a drink of water in three weeks yeah you know that's a superhero (laughs) rule gotta be dehydrated yeah Jason, uh, I just saw uh, related. So Hugh Jackman posted he's on eighty six hundred calories per day. Yeah. What would happen if you ate eighty six hundred calories? I mean, some days I do. It's, it's yeah. a, you know, I can like some. It's not a like I can like we order a pizza for the kids and they eat half a <laughs> slice and I eat the pizza. Like it's very. I, I don't challenge it can happen. me. Like my like for me, the thing to know about me is that my deadly sins are a combination of sloth and gluttony. So when I put my <laughs> mind to it, I can really do some damage. So are you ready to play Wolverine or? I mean, if if Wolverine, if like there's like a part of Wolverine that's like when Thor <laughs> gets all, you know, depressed and huge. Like, then uh, yes. If that's what multiversal depressed Wolverine. Yeah, there exactly. Variant. Nice. Um, so I, this is where I want to reference the score for the first time. Um, and the way the score bounces back and forth between really playful mm-hmm. and then rock and roll, like it, it yeah. shifts gears and it, it so it, you're driving the humor, but then also driving the badassery, I think is super effective. Mm-hmm. Yeah, something I always think about with this opening is I have a nephew who's like nine now. And obviously now he like loves everything scary. You know, he loves YouTube. Mm-hmm. He loves Five Nights at Freddy's, all that kind of stuff that children love now. But I showed him this movie, right? He was like really into the concept of superheroes, but I showed it to him maybe like uh, three years ago, like pre-COVID, I think. And he was loving it. Ah. But I'll never forget. Like, I still feel guilty about it sometimes. The moment when, and you sort of inspired this by talking about how it kind of goes from playful to rock and roll to heavy. The moment when 
Black Manta just kills one of the soldiers. Yeah. With his, and it just, but he's dead. Like, it's not right. like a Marvel, like, oh, this is, right. you right. see right. him stab him. And my nephew's right. face was just like. <laughs> Ashen. And it was, Whoa. the movie was done. Like Yo. I'd shown him somebody being murdered and it yeah. felt like it was real. And I kind of think about that a lot because it it kind of speaks to those little moments of weight that, yeah. that yeah. get put into these movies because they are for an kind of all ages audience. This is one of the most right. kiddie superhero films, I think, of like a contemporary age, but it still has those bits where it's like, Black He's Manor and his dad knife. kill people. Yeah. Like yeah. that's dangerous. And yeah. I always I always think about how affecting that was to him. I'm sure in like 20 years he'll be he'll be telling me about it. <laughs> yeah. Like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, that was your He's one. Like, okay. I've had a pathological fear of submarines my entire life. <laughs> been, Dude, I'm therapy. like, you had it lucky. Mine was like I watched like Texas Chainsaw Massacre when yeah, I was your age. Definitely. So I'm like, yeah. you're you're okay. Yeah. <laughs> you're gonna be fine. Uh so he ends up beating Black Manta and his dad. They're pretty overmatched in this in this yeah. fight. Uh, I had a lot of questions about exactly what Aquaman's abilities were, like in this action. I was like, oh, I, he's like Superman. He just mm -hmm. like you can fire a grenade at this dude. It doesn't. He doesn't care. He's at basically all. like Superman. Yeah, he's yeah. pretty tough. They yeah, essentially tough. they build in this law that is in like this comic. This movie takes like heavily from the New Fifty Two era stuff, which was like the kind of relaunch they did of DC, and it was they stripped all the comics down to like 52 issues 52 single series okay. headed and by jeff johns exactly who wrote the story here yeah and and this is very much taken from his stuff like the trench is deeply taken basically this whole vision reimagined vision of, of aquaman and i think that that really like is where more of that more super heroic that kind of idea that they build in here with the exposition that um he he can't be injured by non-atlantean weapons Right. Stuff like that. So I think, yeah, right. you kind of have to, they they, they kind of more spoon feed it to you throughout the movie, but it's not immediately obvious. Like at the beginning, he like lifts up a submarine. That's like yeah. Superman carrying a plane. It feels yeah, yeah, like yeah. they have equivalent yeah, yeah. power. Well, I like the fact the way they move underwater, it's like they're flying, yeah. not like they're right. swimming really fast. Yeah, they're like yeah. little torpedoes under there. Yeah, That's and great. I was going to say that also aligns him more with that Superman, like who would win underwater. Yeah. You know, right. or would would he win in a fight against Superman if Superman was flying and he was underwater? They kind of like kill that though in the in Justice League, where it's basically all yeah. of these all of these scrubs like can't deal with the one bad guy, and then Superman wakes up and it's just like, oh, this is over now. Like, it turns and, out he, and they also can't stop God. him all of them together. Yeah, exactly. Right. So, yeah. Well, that's fine. Superman, that's Superman's fine. a WMD. Like that's, yeah. that's definitely good. Yeah, basically. <laughs> that makes sense. Um, so we go from there to the bar uh, with him and his dad. And I just love the scene yeah. with the bikers. Yeah. It's like such the stereotypical, you know, it's going to be this dumb fight thing. And then it is this fantastic it's a bunch of selfies. selfie drinking yeah, montage. Yeah. Drinking that's montage. Fun. That shit's hilarious. Not many superheroes ha movies have those either. Yeah. No. Like a good drinking uh, montage. Just pure, I mean, that feels like pure Momoa going mm -hmm. for it um, and, and really worked. So now we get into some serious um, exposition. Exposition. Here. Exposition. It's time to find out what the movie is about. So I don't know if there are any other films that star Nicole Kidman and Dolph Lundgren. Yes. Um, but I, I have questions about Dolph uh, in this film. Dolph looked like he was maybe being kept alive with <laughs> like some uh, some sort of artificial devices at various times. Like he would, they would occasionally shock him with some sort of subcutaneous e stem system. Dude, he he was getting his money, and he was yeah. like, "I'm just gonna show up. God I'm gonna bless. wear this red wig or, or red <laughs> CG hair because yeah. I'm Mira's dad. Um, him yeah. and Amber Heard iconically don't look alike." 
Yeah. I, I still, every time I feel like that to me, that's the kind of casting I would do. Like if, mm. if I yeah. want to make a big movie, I'd be like, I want Jean-Claude Van Damme to be in it. <laughs> right, like, exactly. And everyone would be like, no, don't put him <laughs> yes. in it. And I'd be like, no. Like if Jean-Claude, if I'd have directed The Predator, I would never have fired Jean-Claude Van Damme. He would have yes. been Predator. Like, I'm sorry. Yeah. That Predator yeah. would have been kicking that, the movie. That Predator failed. would have done a split. It like, would have yeah. done a split. Like, so I understand that, that like bringing in like the icons of like when you're young. But yeah, he, yeah. he's a... He's a stoic figure in the movie, let's say. The ghost of Yafit Kodo will play the king of the brine in this <laughs> yeah. movie. Oh, well. Yeah. Now you're talking. <laughs> yeah, no see? I, we can make this happen. We can recast <laughs> this whole thing. Yeah, I just don't think of Dolph when I think of Shakespearean, mm -hmm. you know, drama. Um, so that that was my my challenge on that. Um, but so we have um, coming out of that exposition dump, which is a heavy, you know, real slowdown. Be left. You're learning some historical <laughs> yes. fantasy situations. And the about political, Atlantis. you know, the, the there's a quiz. And, yeah. yeah, voting rights <laughs> amendments to the constitution. This would have been like a whole season of Game of Thrones if this yes, was an Aquaman sure. Game of Thrones show. Like you would have, that way you would have learned about those seven kings. I, yeah. And, and I'm okay with, like that's a great example. We were talking to to Ryan Condal about that, and he's like, "Dude, we had like ten hours of discussions <laughs> in the central in the small throne room, and it works, right? The small council. Oh yeah. Um, well, they so, do like, it so well. Yeah, it yeah. can be done. Uh, we're not against exposition, that's for sure. Exposition's needed. Got to explain to yeah. people what's going on. <laughs> yeah, um, but we have Mira showing up um, and Arthur refusing the call, and then we have this tidal wave, which again. Dope, like really yes. cool scene. I love yeah. the way it looks coming and exploding the car, him getting, you know, rolled out of there and then Mira saving her dad. All of that was really terrific. Yeah, I always wanted, I, I can't believe I never asked this actually when I was covering this, but have you guys seen Ponyo? The Miyazaki yeah, movie? Yeah, it's so I watched Ponyo tonight. Like, yeah, we watch Ponyo I, I every it. night. It's, it's like one of my favorite movies. I'm right? watching it right now. Yeah, yeah, literally, we're all just watching it. This is actually now about yeah, Ponyo. Yeah, Ponyo, um, yeah. I thought it is like Ponyo. It's, it's very Ponyo, right? Like oh, this, when, the when outrunning the tidal wave outrunning scene. Outrunning the tidal wave, and it's kind of, and it's this beautiful little, like, coastal town. Wow. Like, every time I watch it, I'm always like, I feel like that's mm. very Ponyo. Like, when you're putting together the cut for the animation team, you're like, it's you know, definitely, you get, that's they get really caught good. this time because they don't have like a cool mermaid helping them, but they kind of do. She also has red hair, very Ponyo. Yes. Yeah, she saves him. They save wow. the dad. That's, that's my dream. Ponyo, fishy oh, in the sea. So good. She's a little fishy. I can't remember the name, what, um, what, uh, what's his name? Yeah, Lisa Neeson's character's name is in Ponyo. Oh, the dad. The oh, Ocean Dad. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and he's like the kind of mm -hmm. classic flawed yeah. and and kind of shades of gray and i did like this notion that orm tosses up the warships and the trash yeah. uh, oh yeah the source so i like that idea that he's an eco-terrorist that's the cool thing about aquaman whether it's like a lot of time it's actually arthur who's in that kind of position but this idea that atlantis mm. like they hate the surface world for a reason like humans suck yeah right like it's, it's bad mm. times to live under the sea like, yeah if you have humans people are throw in you like you said, warships, submarines, trash, oil spills. So I think that's one of the things that is really interesting in this version in the comics, and that they do well here is that like duality of like righteous yeah. anger. Mm -hmm. Even if Orm is doing mm -hmm. it in mm -hmm. a way that is kind of misguided, he is still doing the right 
he's still doing something that is right for the people that he cares about. Yeah, but he cares about himself More. foremost. That's the, that's the, his. I have a question problem. about Orm. First of all, amazing name, Orm. Second, Patrick Wilson. <laughs> I feel Patrick Wilson. I looked it up. He's three years older than me, so he's like 50. He looks like he's 36. He, I mean, like, I, I, like, uh-huh. he was just, it feels like, a hundred years ago, he was in the HBO production of Angels in America. Like, mm-hmm. how is he? I never what saw is, that. Is it good? It's amazing. Uh, how is he still? <laughs> how is he still look like this child? He like, still uh, looks like that now, even like four years after this movie came out. What like, is going still, on? Really? Yeah, yeah. What yeah, is yeah. happening? I don't know. I, I, I feel like it's one of those things. I don't, I don't know. Assign to this idea that if you're good, you're beautiful. That's very old fairy tale style. But I believe <laughs> the internet would say that's what happens when you're unproblematic. You know, yeah, yeah. when you're when you're just a, a chill guy who's in like weird horror movies. I also love that James cast him in this and bringing him over from the Conjuring verse. Yeah, it's very, yeah, yeah. it's a very like un. I don't necessarily, even though visually, I think it's like perfect casting, and like you said, could have been perfect acting mm-hmm. casting. Mm-hmm. It also. Didn't necessarily. I wouldn't have put a bet that you would have seen no. him making yeah. in that an jump. action movie. Absolutely not. But yeah. I, I need to know what the skin. What is the skincare regimen? Like, what is he <laughs> like? How how long does it take for him to go to bed every night? A like team that, of computer graphics specialists in <laughs> Singapore. Uh, he's like that. It's just like a walking a filter. It's that. It's the Vaseline filter that they put it's on people. It's just amazing. Movies. He's delightful. I like his hair in this movie. Also, he's got the the real pulled back situation. He has the he has the coolest hair, the, with the like the little shell like the kind un- of underfold. Yeah, I love I love the costume designs in this movie too, especially like when Orm gets. What I really like about this movie is there's a lot of classic like outrageous comic book costume design. Yeah, right. Mira has yeah. hers from the beginning. They yeah. were just right. like we're doing it. Yeah, but with with Arthur and. Form, we end up in a situation where by the end both of them have these like insane technicolor like comic book accurate yes. suits that again yes. totally go against that grain of the grim dark, the grim dark. dark yeah, yeah 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 totally um we do get a little flashback to volko as um you know <laughs> very de <laughs> very extremely de-aged and maybe a little fa- like to me phoning it in a little bit like uh, I- willem defoe has to just be confused about how he ended up in this in this movie what he's doing the thing i was watching it particularly it's noticeable in the third act of the movie because there's a lot of willem defoe on what's obviously just a completely imaginary set reacting to something that he's viewing through a viewport <laughs> that's not obviously he's not seeing and just having to look like concerned he's like which one am i reacting to at this like time? what a job what a, like <laughs> had to show up for weeks on end and just be like hmm Concerned. He, was the, he in- was the first one who was like really living that volume life because he's all right. he's predominant just all underwater, he's, all flashback oh yeah. with the Justin just floating in space, reacting to things that he cannot see that will he's not. He's also incredibly like not to jump ahead, but some of the things he's reacting to in that final sequence are unbelievable. Yeah, yeah he's exactly. Very stoic he's just like, about, oh, yes. he's like oh yeah, mm, yeah. Things yes. are happening. You know, a kraken is fighting a whale. Uh, that's gonna happen. A Kraken voice by Julie Andrews, may I just say. Like one of the best bits of casting of wow. all time. Wow, is that true? That's I didn't Julie know that. Julie Andrews, yeah. No. Yes. I did not what? know that. Again, that I Andrews. need to see the emails. I just need to see oh, when they reached out to Julie. Power. I bet that when I bet that anyone they wanted to cast in that movie, they just got James Wan to talk to them about the movie. That's and it. And it just sold them. 
I just need to see the emails to Julie Andrews' agent, which is just like, so she's a (laughs) crackhead. What's her quote? It was her first performance for like a long time. Too. She's a racist crackhead. Julie Andrews? (laughs) No, the the crackhead is very racist. She does call him a half breed or a mother. Yeah, I was I was not prepared to cancel Julie Andrews. No, Julie Andrews Andrews has very radical politics. I believe actually. Oh really? Yeah, very cool, cool politics. Good, good Good for Julie. We I need Julie Andrews to be okay. She's great. Please. I feel like the. The thing that I do love next, you know, I also feel like Willem Dafoe definitely has those like that buccal fat ther- thing that it's everyone's wild. getting right What's now. He's got the cheekbones. Oh but my God. I will say what I do love about that flashback that I actually wish I could see more of in like, I don't know, a CW show or something. I think the kid that they cast to play young Arthur he's is great. Like, he's very really good. good. And he looks yeah. so much like Tamora. Yeah. It yeah. feels like very... And yeah. and that he sells those emotional beats even when like CGI Willem Dafoe's like spinning a water yeah. wand. You I really like, feel way, this Jason, kid's journey. Jason, yeah. where was that beach and have you and Crystal been there? I don't know where that beach was, but <laughs> I did I did briefly think I was like, is that baby Boba Fett from the prequels? And I was like, no, Oh my no, god, right? <laughs> the, the math the math doesn't work out. The math doesn't work out. <laughs> that kid's like 40. <laughs> <laughs> I know it's like that. I realized I bought these like uh, these these Marvel trade collections and they were from like uh, 2004 and mm-hmm. I was like oh yeah that and then I was I was like oh I wonder oh these aren't that old and then I was like oh shit that's like 20 years ago yeah <laughs> <laughs> so I feel you on the math life life is happening all right so he goes with Mira and now it is time to go underwater and to get in her ride so first question Rosie who is our Mav fishing what was that Easter egg of all those uh, the underwater things that said like very prominently showed mm-hmm. our Mav fishing? Is that oh, like- yeah. No, you know what? I don't know what that is. Like okay. I, I'm sure in my head, I'm like, I'm sure that there's probably like nothing feels unintentional in that kind of way. Cause like you said, they're so prominent. If you think about like how you get that, you know, the Dunwich horror. Like yeah. how, it, it was so obviously in yeah, the frame. Yeah. But also, as I've learned from writing many Easter egg pieces, most which were based on my own like embarrassingly deep knowledge of like weird shit, a lot of times when you see something like that that doesn't immediately jump out, it's like it's to like a production assistant oh, or like okay. somebody mm-hmm. who. Wa- so that's something I learned, especially covering the Marvel stuff. Yeah. It was like a lot of the names that you see really prominently, if it's not a creator, you immediately recognize it might be a production designer or, Got or someone like that. But yeah, this one I Got don't it. immediately know. But that's okay. also because I just, I love watching this movie and I never really, Easter egg culture was not at its peak at that point. Okay. So I never actually had to do an Easter egg piece about this movie, which is very rare for any of It was a more innocent movies. time. It was a more innocent, I hadn't ruined the, in, ah. the discourse by doing too many Easter egg pieces. So, so this this flight slash swim, uh, you know, up to and into Atlantis, to me is really awesome, um, and I love yes. the score as they come up and over, and we have the reveal of Atlantis and the bridge, mm-hmm. uh, the underwater bridge, which is an, an homage to Sub uh, Diego, which is from New Fifty Two, I think. Yeah, that stuff's really um, fun. So the score here to me is very 2049. Like it has major oh, yeah. like synthesizer and really big, you know, Hans uh, and Juki XL um, Blade Runner vibes. I think the reason that we even got talk- talking about Aquaman was I think when we were talking about Legend, we started talking about Vangelis. And I think yeah. that this whole sequence is so Blade Runnery. Like it really yeah. looks like 
the big, you know, the bridge yes. and the big statues. And then you have this the kind of- underwater synth, waterfalls. The synth heavy yeah. sound. Like that moment to me, if I'm trying to show people like a sequence to say like, you should give this movie a chance, I always go for that sequence. Cause I think it's very visually interesting. Yeah. I think compared to a lot of the CG stuff that we get now that's super CG heavy, something yeah. that kind of blew me away in this movie, there's a lot of detail. Mm-hmm. Whereas I feel like now a lot of the stuff we get is almost like a swirl of kind of blur. nothing. It's mm-hmm. a blur. But here you get these weird moments of like the different kind of ships that are all look like fish, but they're mechanical. And this right. kind of this kind of super highway of people going in and out of Atlantis. So Mira can explain some more exposition that will foreshadow an action sequence later. But right. the visuals of it are like so cool. And with that, this is one of the scores that I actually listen to a lot. It's really good if you're driving through somewhere with dramatic scenery, like if you're up in mm. Malibu in the San Gabriels or something mm. like that. It mm. has it can be very evocative. But yeah, I, I love this sequence. I'm glad you guys liked it because that was the moment where I was like, you guys will probably enjoy that if nothing else. Oh, yeah. I, w- I will be back in Malibu this summer and I will attempt to listen to it while driving. You should do it. Jason, you, um, so I, I would imagine we have the segment here going through the bridge and she describes the fact that that's where Customs and Border Patrol uh, yeah. happens. <laughs> so what, was Atlantis the original Brexit? The Atlanta, <laughs> Atlantis was like the original Department of Homeland Security. They, they had, were there like, way before they were ready. 2,000 years old. I mean. <laughs> they but they left ready. the continent. They're like, we're out of here. Like, yeah, exactly. We're going to seek to the bottom of the ocean. We're going to have our, <laughs> yeah. our zones. I like that the Border Patrol was just like, just like scanning like a shark. Too. Right. It's yeah, like, yeah. What, what's right. The, like, what are the processes here? It's not like a passport. But this is, to me, like for me, the key unlock for this film is it is first and foremost a science fiction mm-hmm. film. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it yeah, happens yeah. to be underwater, but every yeah. element of it is yeah. really science fiction. Fantastical, yeah. And and I dig that. Oh, I mean, I just like all the like holographic fields, the holo- mm-hmm. the, the water holograms oh, yeah, the of, wall of holograms. Orm and stuff. Like that that stuff was really- You get like Chekhov's cannons mm-hmm. on like the- Yeah, on, yeah. Like, oh, yeah, yeah, like, yeah. You're like, all right. Those, um, yeah. I'm, I see what- The hydro about. cannons. She's like, there's some cannons up there nobody can ever escape them (laughs) wink wink and yet (laughs) the fall of atlantis was super dope i love the idea of like they had spaceships and steam you know Mm -hmm. steampunk machines and all that kind of stuff atlan played by graham mctavish uh who was on house of the dragon as the captain of the kingsguard and also colony yep Lovely to see him. Uh, Ryan's previous show. So he gets captured. Um, we have, you know, Mira's jellyfish dress. Uh, oh, yeah. I love that dress. Love the jellyfish dress. Oh, really my good. God. Outrageous. Yeah. Outrageous. Uh, and we have now the Ring of Fire. And this is where we have the octopus drummer, Topo. Dude, <laughs> yes. in the cinema, like, I was in that little screening room at Warner Brothers. You scream? I screamed, but usually when something like that happens, I am the only one who screamed. Like <laughs> at the end of Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantumania, when I screamed, oh my God, it's Victor Timely. And everyone was like, what the fuck are you talking about? Because uh-huh, uh-huh. I own like all seven Victor Timely appearances in the comics. But uh... like, this time everyone, like, I don't know whether it was some people in there probably didn't know who it was. And were just like, oh, it it's was just cool. was playing drums. But like the cheer that it got, it was, it was very heartening. And obviously I was just like, Fucking topo. That's so mm. cool. <laughs> topo. So silly. 
really great and a great fight scene like this mm-hmm. between the two of them is super awesome again it, leaning it, into that like water action that they're kind of so good at with like the bubbles and the, mm. the lots of tridents many i tridents. paused it when they introduced the two of them and they have like <laughs> their their like cards where it says like their pros and cons oh yeah, yeah. Aqu- aquaman has no pros and it's all cons it's just like <laughs> and his dumb, cons are like, like it's like he's a drunk yeah, surface dweller. He's like just a piece of shit. And then the pros, the pros for Orm are just like ridiculously skilled with the trident, king of like Atlantis. And one of them is like he's an eighth degree Nautilus in like Jaytel Fu or something like some made up underwater martial arts. Love that. Incredible. Amazing. You know, it's it's a big fight scene, and uh, and I think oftentimes superhero fight scenes can can not work. I was thinking mm-hmm. of. From early days, I was thinking of the Matrix Revolution, where once you yeah. have Smith and uh, and Neo going at it, it just it feels very silly. Right. Um, but here, the combat feels very tough and 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 pretty grounded. Um, and so Mira steps in uh, to rescue him, and this is where we get this escape. And to me, this the score, is the, best. This the is score, the which people can hear right now, to me has a very strong mm-hmm. Tron Legacy vibe. Yes. And again. That segment in Tron Legacy of the flyer oh. is yeah, yeah. my favorite yeah. of the film. And it works in the same way here. It's just like, it's fantastic. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I basically think from the moment Tobo shows, I love the opening, like I said, I think the Black <clears throat> Man of Stuff's really cool. From the moment Tobo shows up, there's like a moment every kind of 10 minutes where I'm like, oh, it's that part. Like I wanna, right. watch, this is the part, I've been waiting for that part. Beginning with like one of the most ridiculous silly and incredible like needle drops of all time that's like still just kills me every time i see it yes (laughs) this is where you know he says so where to now to the ocean of sand your people call the sahara and we have pitbull (laughs) crossed with toto it's like a remix of africa by toto with pitbull and and like as them coming they out play of the water, it, they come out of the water, and it is like they are fighting to get out of that water and stay straight. Ah. And it is so good. Like in the cinema, like people lost their shit and just started laughing. Like oh, wow. it's it's another one of those moments where I'm just like, this is a movie that knows what it's doing. Like you're meant to mm. laugh at that moment. You're not meant to be like, oh, this is like such a cool, like serious, like iconic moment you're meant to be like oh this is like ridiculous Mm. in like a very enjoyable way arthur's just wearing normal clothes right just walking out of the ocean like it's so silly and so fun arthur's got a lot of this is like the beginning of arthur's like uh like you know land surface dweller fits like he's got like a lot of just like jason's fits probably yeah yeah, exactly (laughs) they're just like oh this is like my like you know this is my laura croft uh, my laura croft outfit this is my like linen pants this is my like yeah this is my amalfi coast outfit like it's it's great tonally the the film takes a big shift right now Mm -hmm. um and actually so i struggled i thought the green screen work in the desert was pretty tough i struggled with the desert i had a hard time because because like the the action sequence of the escape and the fight the ring of fire and the action sequence of the escape which incidentally if you've you've either been pregnant or you know had a pregnant partner the ring of fire resonates in a, in a different <laughs> way when they keep when they keep in, in, emphasizing it but the 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 like the the then it like goes to this like Tomb Raider mm-hmm. movie yes and it, like you have to I said re- the mummy the mummy yeah yeah, yeah. big yeah. the mummy vibes big the mummy right. especially with the way they do the banter. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. Between the two of them. Also, Amber Heard's wig is dry now, probably for the first time. And it's obviously a wig. When it's wet, yeah. like, especially in that first scene, I was like, did she actually dye her hair red in that? Like when she comes yeah. out the water? Because it looks, but when it's dry, it's a, it's a party city level wig. It's the we... classic superhero conundrum. Where is the wig budget? No right. superhero movie has ever had a good wig. You have a your billion dollar movie right. and you still and have a bad wig bad. in but every superhero movie. It's a good movie. question. Why a wig at all? Like yeah. why just well, she like, has to have red hair. I don't but know. But like you can dye no, it. No, she doesn't have to but have also red she hair. doesn't, exactly. Like yeah, it doesn't yeah. matter. Like, you can yeah, also yeah. do like a nice auburn. Like you can yeah. do a more natural or you could go full red. But yeah, her, I feel like her wig is in full play here. I enjoy the the desert stuff i think that they're sweet together but really i i like it once they're in and they're doing the more goonies like puzzle kind of <laughs> yeah. situation i think it jumps back surprising. up kind of but yeah i feel you and and the green screen is obviously green screen now i have a slight pension for anything that obviously looks like it was done right practically or like you can see the edges so that uh-huh. for me is charming but i don't disagree and can yeah. understand they're not charming for everyone. Unfortunately, it must also be said, and I hate to say it, but Amber Heard is kind of a dud for me in this movie. You know movie. what's like, weird? She's really good actor. I, I've seen right. her in other stuff be absolutely brilliant. And I feel like she either knew the movie was campy and tried to do like a stiffish kind of like right. campy-ish performance, yeah. but yeah. it doesn't, I think it doesn't help that Jason is in a position where this, the movie's been written for him. He right. is like a funny himbo who drinks. Yes. He can kind of gets to be dumb but charming, Definitely. and he's the hero. It you it you can really feel it in those moments when it's just the two of them that she doesn't have as much to do. Yep. I still think they're good together. I understand why she got thing, but I was watching it this time and thinking like I've seen her be amazing, whether it's in horror movies or drama. Like she can really act. But she, that's not what she's bringing. We're to just this. happy that we're happy that after last week with Running Man, uh, yeah, this is it wasn't not an a kidnapping. <laughs> yeah, it wasn't an abduction. Oh my god, cute. don't even. <laughs> yeah. No, and I love I, was... I love Running Man. Yes, yeah, of course, of course. But also, I mean, he used to love to kidnap somebody, Arnie, in a movie. That's like a yeah. major plot point in multiple <laughs> yes. Arnie movies. Commando, uh, yeah. Total Recall. Like he loved to do a kidnapping. There's a lot of abduction in the Arnold in the Arnold <laughs> oeuvre. Yeah, I mean, I was really conditioned to root for Amber Heard because of like real world events. I was like, all right, like, like I was like, all right, let's 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 let her have this one. I was like, oh, this is not it. She's got a bad wig, and she's just like, she's just like an Arnold. She's just like a like she. It is like an Arnold heroine where they like they don't really have a lot to do. Uh, so that was kind of a bummer. And she, because she is legitimately a badass, you know, when the, when the, yeah, her powers are great, but it just take, it, it takes a while. And I, I, I I agree with you on the Goonies part. Once they're down below, I would Mm -hmm. definitely be the one who did not pay close enough attention or or even concentrated and tried to remember Mm -hmm. it and still couldn't remember the the message very well. Not happening for me. Um, But once they get to Sicily, um, I assume (laughs) Jason, they stopped off at the White Lotus for lunch. Yes, definitely. Is that Sicily? Is that where we're meant to believe? It's not. It's not Amalfi. We're like we think it's. We think it's. uh, We think. I thought that in the map they might have had like a little. They they love to put like a little thing up in the corner, like a yellow. Lots of. I don't think they did a Cairo. I don't know if they did one for that one. Okay. I don't think they did, but it looked like Sicily. Maybe I'm just obsessed with Sicily since White Lotus. Since White Lotus, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. You know what? It was somewhere. It was yeah. somewhere. It was it, it was Italian coast. for sure. Yeah, it was like their Luca interlude is basically. Yes. Like, they, like, they, yeah. See, I that's love influential. Luca. I love Luca, but I'm saying Luca was like, 
love that moment yes. from Aquaman. <laughs> <laughs> let's make the whole, let's make the whole movie like that one scene from Aquaman. I love Luca, man. I went into that yeah. so ready to hate it, but I just yeah. think it's so good. Oh, it's another great. great sea monster movie. This also is a great sea monster movie. That's true. Really, really great. Um, so you know, we're definitely doing the aerial tropes and the eating she the roses know. and stuff. Yeah. But it's cute. Eating, He's also eating, eating the roses. roses. Like that so, was like, cute. I forgot yeah, that he like did that to with this roses. rewatch where he just does it. He doesn't like he just goofs off. He's just like, yeah, sure. But it it just doesn't work quite right uh here. But once this combat starts. Ooh. This fight scene of her running across the rooftops. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Stuff getting blasted. That was another thing I got to see in the editing bay. I was like, are you mad? Dude. It almost looks like a one or two. They do a great job of like yes. focusing on certain parts. And when they're like, the, the, the soldiers are like going through and you follow them through the buildings. Yeah. That's Very really cool. cool stuff. They fucked up this UNESCO heritage. Site. Oh my like, this god! This is like I mean, by this the is, end of it, he literally headbutts like a five hundred year old bell into yeah, a building. Bong. Yeah, yeah, I love, I love that action sequence. I would love to see James get to do more wild action stuff because he directs this stuff so well in this movie. She's got it. She gets to use her like water bending powers in the wine shop. And, she like, should make do a, that more often. I was thinking, yeah, why doesn't great. she use hard water at all times? Or like suck, like pull the water out of people. Like, you know, yeah, and, well, like, and like yeah, desiccate Magneto them. Style. I, I like yeah. that. Also, I was going to say this is the whole movie is essentially like Amber Heard auditioning for Jean Grey powers. Like the yes. way they do it is yeah, very, yeah, it's the, like Jean Grey meets Storm. Totally. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The whole way through, which I understandable because I don't think uh, Mira doesn't necessarily have like an iconic set of powers in in the comics that are so right. well known to everyone else. But especially that wine sequence, that's very. How Jean much Grey. was that wine though? Like, how, oh my god, how, how much money did she, she just destroyed a small business? <laughs> yeah, she <laughs> to make her like Nebbiolo harpoon or whatever. Yeah, like. sorry. Oh, and she just killed a bunch of people. Sorry, in your time. Fine. Is there a is there a DC analog to damage control? You know what. That isn't in the comics, but they did make a TV show called Powerless that mm. was like DC doing damage control. The, okay, so I, I, this is, I will not talk about it for too long. The show itself has got Vanessa Hudgens. Right. But, but the show is, in my opinion, eh, it was a miss. The okay. pilot for the original show is absolutely incredible. Really? She basically works in like an insurance company and she hates superheroes, but they changed it to her being like a fan who'd never seen one and it, and, mm. and, and they make inventions. But that's mm. like the only thing DC has, but they need one after this. Somebody's gonna have Definitely. to clean it up. <laughs> clean Someone's up gonna mess. have to buy out this wine Do shop. Do the Marvel crossover so the damage control can come and fix it for them. <laughs> make it good with the Archaeological Institute. It's they're lucky that like the Brits or something didn't run off with these statues like long oh my god ago. truly and, and like they still have they still have them there they didn't have to go to the British Museum hopefully they survived yeah, yeah they didn't have to repatriate them did you feel that the whole thing with the um the whole thing with the uh uh spyglass and like looking around like I did that give you like uh, Rise of Skywalker of course you just yeah. hold the you hold it up and look hold this it? thing up at least they managed in this movie to say no you've got to hold it up A statue in, ex in, yes. in some place not just anywhere on this planet Lit don't even get me started <laughs> don't even get show me us started. the emails <laughs> we need uh, to see the, the emails, emails. All right, uh, so so Black Manta is dispatched. The black we have the, the black. Oh wait, wait, we didn't. Yeah, sorry. I just have to say we didn't talk about the other incredible needle drop, which is the Black Manta montage scene where he's making yes oh, the, the suit. A team the A team scene. Yes. Yeah, that yeah. is like so outrageous, and the fact that it's like Depeche Mode or someone. Yeah, like, yeah, is yeah, like, yeah. 
to me is just like another yeah. one of those it's totally out there totally takes you out of the movie but in like an incredible way like you said the montages in this movie are unmatched are, are where it's at it's where it's yeah. at for sure so yeah he's but he's dispatched sadly even after making that sick suit yes the head on the suit i feel needed some refinement the head is a little <laughs> ridiculous like it's well so... you know what i will say direct comic, comic book yeah that's yeah. that they just went for it they were like he's got a big head right. they even they did the exposition in the montage scene where he's like if I make the helmet boat. smaller, he's like, I'm gonna need a bigger helmet. Good old yeah. Jules. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I I definitely dug that. I had a note on that on the on the needle drop. That was that was very good. It was just like it's. I love that sequence. It's like, and Yaya makes it so cool. Mm. That's yeah. there's another version where it's not cool, but as soon as you see him in there thinking, making the suit with this music, you're like, oh, he's badass. Yeah, I I can't believe it's gonna be Wonder Man. That just blows my mind. It's like yeah. such a comedic, mm. wild role. Like, I can't I I can't wait to see that. Simon, my God. I know. I never thought I'd see the day. I want to see him wearing that jacket. I want to see him wearing the jacket. It's so hard to me because um, I really loved Reminder's Uncanny, uh, was it Uncanny Avengers run when he had, uh, and there was an X-Men run, I think, that Reminder was doing at the yeah, same yeah, time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Reminder is like, he's done many Marvel books. He's yeah. a- <laughs> A lot, a lot. But that one, that one in particular, I remember, was being great, and Simon was- instrumental on that yeah i'm a, I'm a big jacket avengers fan it's like the 80s avengers he was on yeah. it with like cersei and they yeah. had they had this sick brown leather jacket so mm. i just always call them i actually got to write like one time at the hollywood reporter i was like are the jacket avengers coming to marvel i was like will this make it into canon and guess what they are all of them are here i've correctly predicted it but yeah, I, right. love, I love simon williams i cannot wait to see i uh, do his thing yeah let's do it um, so now we go to the trench. So before I had seen this film, wow. the one thing I knew was that Warner Brothers was already working on a trench spinoff film. Already a trench spinoff. Yeah, I mean, it's just cool. I can't remember. There was a, there was a late 70s, early 80s, like, merman people attacking the East Coast. Um, kind of like a lightweight um, HP Lovecraft movie. I don't know if somebody in the Discord can can tell me what that was, but um, they're great. Like these creatures are awesome. The they creature look, work is so cool. It looks scary. Who when they dive, when yeah. they dive off the boat and they go underwater. That's a and great you shot. have you have the the flare, and That's then you zoom shot. back and you just you see, see thousands of them. Of them. Yeah. My that reference whole sequence, for the- so good. Whoever like storyboarded that sequence just absolutely smashed it like yes. every segment of it is so interesting my my reference for the, the i know it's like all these like classic like sea monster things and luca but like my <laughs> reference for it my and reference Ponyo. for it what reminded me the most was uh the murlocs uh which are an enemy type in world of warcraft uh mm. and they're oh, like they're, they're like famous for a couple things like one is that they always are in giant packs and and they're very mm. easy to aggro and so like you'll be in an area and all of a sudden you're just swarmed by like a hundred of them and like it's a very common way to die um in world of warcraft and the other thing is that all of the murlocs like talk in this kind of murloc voice which is like and so uh, <laughs> I was excited to see the Murlocs in this movie. I did have a question of why these two Atlanteans needed to get the boat from Jaws in order to go out to the trench and like why they didn't like why they needed like the worst boat in the world to go I out guess, to the trench. Because he was like he was like passed out, but they probably could have gotten off the boat and swum. Maybe. Yeah. Also, I just need to point out another one of my favorite like comedy drops in this movie. When they're first on the boat and the soundtrack is somebody playing the flute. But then it pans over and you see that Mira's playing the flute. Yeah. And it's yeah. actually in universe. That that gave me a good gives me a good chuckle every time yeah. I watch it. Mm. 
Hmm. For those playing at home, the film I was thinking of was Humanoids from the Deep from oh, 1980. Oh man, I've actually seen that movie so many times. It's always it's always on uh it's always on broadcast. I watch a lot of broadcast TV, which is where I watch most weird movies. So I'm gonna hold my head because I haven't seen or thought about this movie in 40 years, but doesn't it have like a birth? And like uh, the humanoid get like Oh a, yeah, a, yeah, 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 yeah. It's, like it's the monster comes kind of, out or something. Yeah, it's some really wild. Oh stuff dude i can't believe that's the movie you were thinking of i'm like yeah it really is probably james wan was into it uh, it's from 1980 and it's a cool horror movie so yeah <laughs> he's I would, definitely I would, into it and it's also like i think that's a roger corman like it was like an uncredited roger corman movie mm. so they make their way through uh the trench and they make it to the savage land and so this is where he sees his mom and the music swells and we see lots of dinosaurs you see dinosaurs? I'm dinosaurs. I'm a big dinosaur fan. Can we just talk about the fact that she's wearing like the remnants of like a shellfish platter in this, in this, in this Come on, it's, she's wearing the remnants of a trench monster. Come on. She's, she's, she's so badass that she's killed them. Does it maybe look like a seafood platter? Perhaps. But it's Nicole Kidman and she's like a cool underwater predator. She's got like a pot of like hot drawn butter on her belt. Like in case she needs to like dip a trench. Just for a delicious snack. She looks incredible. He faces down Julie Andrews, apparently. Dun, apparently. Dun, dun. <laughs> That's incredible. <laughs> Don't um, you think that Julie Andrews looked a lot like the pit monster from Enemy Mine? Like the one that like uh, oh, almost yeah. takes yeah. off Lou Gossett's yeah, the, leg? Yeah, the, the shape of the claw. Of the, the shape of the claw, the, yeah. the, yeah. Paw, the giant like sucker. And it also has that big like Pacific Rim, like mm. the big kind of skull mouth, that like strange... It's kind of like it's like a kaiju that you don't want to look like Godzilla. Yeah, but, but I do a, love that there's a kaiju in this movie. I love that, that there's a kaiju. Reason. Yes, but it is a little anticlimactic, right? He has a showdown, and essentially, you know, just by acknowledging his own fears, um, you know, he is able to then step up and take the trident, and then well, he looks- he's 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 able to he. I mean, specifically the way in which he defeats Julie Andrews is like he hypnotizes the pit monster by like releasing the trance beats underwater like i will say this is this is what i will say to understand i feel like the it is anticlimactic in an action sense but the biggest criticism and like thing that people have ragged on whether it's in comic book shops or whether it's on robot chicken or south park is like aquaman talks to fish but what james did here was he was like what if that was like the most powerful coolest shit that anyone could ever do so that's like the fact that he can understand her he's the first person who's ever done that so that's why Mm. she's like oh okay we're just chatting cool and then he gets to ride her which i'm like is cool but also weird but cool yeah (laughs) but yeah yeah, no i I feel you i feel like as well that is like a very meta textual part of the film that like at all times him talking to animals is see even when he takes on the trench uh, the trident he gets that you see him like mentally yeah. connect with all the to fish. all the animals <laughs> yeah. they're yeah. all feeling it they all all the fish around the world hear the they're ready and so that shot of him apparently in the, the 700 suit? frames per second yeah in the suit the like, orange just, and gold just that looks suit looks incredible. good the suit oh yeah. looks God. good Hard to make that corny ass suit look good on. They like, did but they it, do, right? Human, but they did it. It looks yeah. so cool, and it really yeah. is. It's also smart. Like when we talk about this CG heavy kind of films, that big final battle where there's all this different stuff going on, all these different animals, you can always see him in that suit wherever yeah. he is in the yeah, sea. True. You can yeah. see him because of those colors. I'm a, I'm a, 
a suit, a comic book suit diehard. I think a lot of the MCU suits, all of that stuff, I don't want to, I don't want to see the armor. I don't want to see the military black ops version. I don't right. want to see Superman with like a, a metal-ish right, right. costume. I like Mark Kent made Superman's costume. She, you know, she sewed it herself. It's bright blue, bright yellow. So uh, for me, that kind of thing is like very, to see a costume that looks ridiculous and kind of showcases that great graphic design that comic book superheroes seem to all <laughs> have. Yeah. That to me is always like extremely appealing. That's why I think one of the things I really loved about Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantum Mania, I love to see them do the weird Kang costume. Like Kang's right. costume is he has like a mini skirt and he wears thigh high boots <laughs> right. and it's purple and green and he's got right. blue face. I love when they'll commit to that. And I feel like Aquaman really blazed the trail they with committed. this suit. I thought it I thought it worked and, and making it still martial um in in addition to having mm -hmm. the colors and, mm -hmm. and stuff, I thought I thought was a really nice way of doing it. So I was stunned. Um, you know, this final battle between Orm and the crab dudes. So this, fucking good. There's this long shot, which will now start playing, where you have, you know, this guy is firing from the back of a seahorse. They're shooting the crab dudes and hitting their transporter. Crab dude is jumping out. He's like landing on top of a guy and pinning him down and then getting knocked aside into the fire. And then a shark is coming. It's Even my wild. description, it keeps going beyond. And, what I just and it's so dense. The, the thing about yeah. it is, it's so dense. Like there's so many actual objects in these things. Mm -hmm. There's so many sharks and so many crabs. Like it's and just whales. So and... much shit. It's really exciting. I bet in a theater it would have been absolutely fucking. Yeah, um, it was mm. unreal. It was so good. I saw this movie more than once in the cinema, and it was like this final battle is it. It really holds up, and it also looks great. Like when I think about Wakanda Forever, and I, I loved. Uh, I haven't seen it yet, but uh, I'm dying to. Yeah, it, it's great. Tenoch is great. Like, there's lots of great stuff. The, the reimagining that they do of Namor is kind of Namor, and the mm -hmm. reasoning they give behind his name is so good. But yeah. it is so dark under the sea. Yeah. It is, like, uh, really suffers from that. They wanted to make right. it look like, what if you were really under the ocean? Under the water. I yeah, like yeah. this kind of sci-fi fantasy version of Atlantis that we get here where it's like, you can talk underwater, sure. Like yeah, you, yeah. you don't have bubbles coming out of your mouth all the time, which was one of the problems they had in the original Justice League movie. Right. And I right. think that that and that kind of final battle leads into that, where there's so much going on, but you can see all of it, and it's all just completely ridiculous. Mm. Mm. It's really good, really good. So the final kai the, the kaiju crab, you know, him riding it. Um, I I did. I will admit, I paused briefly at this point, and I was like. Fudge, there's still 20 minutes left in this <laughs> movie. And yeah. and to me, I think this is, so you talked about like, why hasn't DC learned from this? This is the template and go for this. And even for me, for Dune is a little long. Dune is two mm -hmm. hours and 25 yeah, minutes. Yeah. My, my whole thing is every minute between two hours and two and a half hours is like five minutes. And yeah. it better be really worth it. And I love Dune for, for what it is, but I don't want it to be longer and yeah. I, I'm a ninety-minute movie lover. Everybody yeah. knows it. I talk about it all the time. Like I'm a, I'm a lover of. I I can always imagine a trimmed version of most movies that go over two yeah. hours. I so think two oh five here would have been would have been helpful instead of two two twenty three. I wa I watched this movie in two parts. I will confess. I watched it yeah. exactly the halfway. That's the joy now. of watching stuff at home, though. Yeah, mm. I feel like is like you can kind of choose how you watch things and yeah. how I was surprised but I was actually like sewing I was meant to be working this afternoon while I was watching it but I was actually got very engrossed because it had been a while since I watched it but yeah you can also I think 
that's one of those things about having like multiple plot points that this final battle feels like the climax, but then mm-hmm. you have to sort out Orm and then you have to return to the family yeah. aspect. So yeah, I can definitely Yeah, there's see just a that. lot. There's there's, there's so a I lot. I felt like this battle was was a little long. It, it was really I think the Sicily and and some of that other stuff that where the gears were grinding. Um but so we get through this. We have the trident fight. Um, you know, he does his super trident move um, and breaks, uh, you know, breaks Orm's piece. And we have, you know, Orm being led off. Hail to the king. The only challenge is Black Manta's still alive and out there. Orm is still alive and out there. So I was like, I'm a little frustrated in that, like, we haven't really resolved anything per se. Um, all the risks are, are still there. But we have at last Don at the docks. Uh, yes. and, and the the reuniting uh, of them. I felt that Orm should have been able to ask for a best two out of three, given that they were tied <laughs> after okay, that. Okay, okay, that's actually a fair point. I'm like, I guess once you're, I know both their tridents had been broken, but he has that magical like MacGuffin trident know, where you're know like the king. He can't beat so. it. Yeah, this was Sorry, double or bro. nothing. I think, yeah. It would suck to be in fish jail, though. Like, just be like, oh, cool, cool, you're here. It would be terrible. terrible. The one, I, the one thing I liked about like, um, I like Arthur's journey of like at the beginning he leaves Black Manta's dad to die because he thinks mm. he did something wrong, and by the end with Orm, he's like, just go to prison and like let me know if you want to talk. And that's obviously right. setting it's things nice. up. Like in the comics, Orm mm. and Arthur will have to ally, like ally themselves together at some yeah. points and stuff. So they're kind of setting those things up. But I, I like a little. I like a little personal journey to a more pacifist mm. uh, bench. Do you think Topo stops by the fish jail to talk shit to Orm in there? Be like, ah, <laughs> oh my god, now, you bozo! Yeah, he's banging like, on the walls. He's like in <laughs> yeah. there, and he's like playing a violin. He's like, look at all the cool instruments you never let me play. Yeah, I mean, Topo definitely could be in the prison as a jailer. He had a lot of jobs. Like in the comics, yeah. he was like a butler. He yeah. played like multiple instruments. instruments like he's yeah. a he's a very talented he's octopus. The Hans Zimmer of underwater. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just the whole film's just scored by Topo. When do we get the to- when do we get the Topo? When do we get the Topo spinoff? Dude, that's gonna be on you're HBO. speaking my language. <laughs> HBO Max mature yeah, rated series. animated series. I'm ready. Topo. We will, this crew, the three of us, will do the official podcast for Topo. Oh, we will do it. HBO, <laughs> give us the call. Perfect. Topo, the young years. Perfect. <laughs> Oh my God. Jason, what do you think about this song that's playing the credit song, Everything I Need by Skylar Gray? It wasn't for me, but like, I like, you know, I'm glad. I, I'm, I'm glad I agree. I'm, I'm not, a, I'm not, I'm not a fan of, I, I, as somebody who grew up with like anime, I really yeah. need a credit song to be like a banger. A banger. Yeah. And, and this one is not for me. I feel like it fits the romantic end tones, but I would have yeah. preferred yes. a little bit more of that, like, fun like new metal you could have done yeah. something like or you know I, i'm a fan i grew up in the 80s and 90s love like a weird unnecessary rap about a character i was Adam's gonna say family rap. rap the casper yeah. rap nice. would have been an amazing opportunity to get ll cool j to come back to do yet another amazing song about, about the ocean <laughs> that would literally be the dream aquaman 2 let's make it happen yeah deepest bluest again aquaman 2 deepest bluest LL cool j in, and the Lost Kingdom. Deep yes. Blue Sea is still hanging out it's, there for Doom Pop. I'm just going to say that. I'm just going to say that. It's I'm out put there. It, I'm going to put dibs. 
Okay. Right. Deep Blue Sea. Deep Blue Sea is one of my all-time favorites. I've never seen movie. it. It's oh my movie. god. I've it's never so seen good. it. You are in. That it's is so like good. that is. I actually rarely feel this way because I love every movie and the part it played in my life. But I am jealous of you because, <laughs> because Deep Blue Sea. You cannot even describe the feeling you will have watching that movie. It's from such a specific time that I still constantly yeah. try and seek out other movies like that, but there it are none. Happen. It's yeah. unbelievable. Listen, I, I'm good with doing Deep Blue Sea. I may I want to choose a movie that is like one of my very favorites as the as your next appearance. Cause I, I would I, love that. I, I need one that's a five Deep star Blue for Sea, me. Deep Blue Sea, yeah. Cause, cause, yeah. Well, I, I'm not sure. <laughs> I'm not sure Maybe if I'm you'll get there, but... No, no, no. Let's do okay. Deep Lucy, put a pin in it. But I would okay, be honored to come on and talk about. <laughs> you what got, you got it. It's you have, you have. Your it's name true. On All it. my choices are like legit weird choices. No, no. Logan's me. run, and, Logan's run, and Legend were 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 in the in the zone for me for sure. All right. So Rosie, who would Tilda Swinton play in Aquaman? I think Tilda Swinton would play Volko. Oh, oh, that's a good call. It fe you feel like it would, she would probably be a great Atlanta kind of weird or whatever, but I love Nicole Kidman in that role. And when you really think about it, Willem Dafoe, Tilda, you could swap out a lot good of those roles. And I think, I think Volko mm. is the, the vibe. Yeah, mm -hmm. that's a good mm. call. That is very good. I would cast her as the Kraken. I mean, like, no offense to <laughs> oh, Julie Andrews, but like- Can you imagine how good her voice would be uh, It would be though. amazing. It would be yeah. amazing. Like would I would love great. to see Tilda Smart. as the Kraken react to the trance to the to the trance score that oh, Aquaman drops on her. That is perfect. I I will take her as Topo. Topo. <laughs> yeah. She can that can be the voice in in our animated series. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Tilda you go. Swinton is Topo. Topo. <laughs> the <Nice>. young years. <laughs> the early years. All right, Woo! can we do what a some movie. letters real Let's quick? Let's do some letters real quick. We got some good ones this week. Okay, we got, we got a couple letters to do really quick. So here is the first one. It's from our man, Silly. My father was a lighthouse keeper. My mother was a queen. They were never meant to meet, but their love saved the world. At Sea Harmony, we use a scientific system to help you find someone <laughs> that was mermaid for you. She's going to do a human. She's going to make the prince fall in love with her, and he's going he's gonna to kiss her. There ain't much been given to me in my brief, miserable life, but by God, I'll have it said that Scrum had himself a kiss from a proper mermaid. I don't expect <laughs> it to be perfect, but for God's sake, it's usually human. Other dating sites think a catfish is a bad thing. See <laughs> we match you based on who you are in the deepest depths of the ocean. So you can meet the gill of your dreams. The way he looks at me, he doesn't know what I lack or how I am incomplete. He sees me for what I am. Oh my God. Find everything you're looking for charmony.com It all starts with your 14 point pH balance profile $50 value yours free when you visit charmony.com All my life I've been waiting for someone and when I find her she's, she's a fish <laughs> Wow Oh my god Silly Incredible. does it again Unbelievable Undefeated talent. Unbelievable talent Undefeated Thank you Silly Woo. Oh, oh man, I, I feel I alive it. now. That was amazing. 
We have a brand new voicemail and a brand new segment. Check this out. This is a two-parter, but within oh the God. 90 second, it's within the 90 second <laughs> the threshold. Voicemail so. segment is robust. Get ready. Hey y'all, it's a uh, beer. Yay. I'm not sure what happened, but this last weekend I got a little um, drunk and I woke up the next day and I'm now a truth sayer. So I'm going to relate three pieces of information related to this week's film. Two will be false. One will be the truth. It's time to face the truth-sayer. Star of Aquaman, Jason Momoa, at the age of two, he moved from his native Hawaii to the Des Moines, Iowa area with his recently divorced mother. Which of these three stories about Jason and Iowa is true? Number one, Jason's favorite Des Moines restaurant is a place called El Rey, which now features a giant burrito called the Aquaman. Imagine a poke bowl and a one-pound burrito. <laughs> the Aquaman retails for $32. Okay. Number two. Jason attended Norwalk High School just outside of Des Moines, where he played soccer. One of his teammates was a kid named Brandon Routh, who went on to star as Superman in Superman Returns. And number three, when Jason was a senior at Norwalk, he participated in a high school theater production of Shakespeare's Twelfth Night, where he played the Duke Orsino, tights and all. He still quotes the Duke's first line from time to time, if music be the food of love, Play on. Which is the truth? He still quotes it from time to time. I love that. <laughs> I like that. It's like, I'm like, how does anyone know? Yeah, I'm going question. with the third one. I like that. That he quotes. I like believe. Is delightful. I feel I like, like the second one it. we would probably know about if it was true. Yeah. Yeah. I, mean, I, I don't know. I question everything. I didn't even know he's from Iowa. I, I, yeah, I thought I the Iowa parts. That. I thought the Iowa part sounded sus. I thought that was like <laughs> I thought that was the first part of whether it was not true or not. Exactly. I was like, I was like oh. there's gotta be one where he's not from Iowa. <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> Get ready. Here's the answer. To attempt seeing truth without knowing falsehood is to see the light without knowing darkness. <laughs> it cannot be. It. Now comes the moment of truth. Well, which one of those three stories was it? Yes. Number two. <laughs> The Norwalk Warriors oh, soccer team what? in the mid '90s featured no two way. future DC superheroes, what? Jason Momoa and Brandon Ralph. Wow. Here ends the truth saying. That wow. is that's blowing a, my First mind. of all, this is an amazing segment. Incredible. I don't understand why we do the pod. We should just have the just voice. Just do back. this, yeah. Just do, <laughs> just do true truth is a lie. Everyone, you every and that's a crazy them. fact. That is wild. The other two, I have to say, the author of those, the mm. other two was so believable. Yeah. So just, they were like specific enough that you were like, oh, maybe not. But the middle one was the one that felt most unbelievable. That was, yes. really, I, never, I could never have guessed. And I'm so happy I know that now. Beria, wow. nicely done, sir. Very well Smashed executed. It. Oh Welcome to the pod. What, el what else is on? What else do we got this week? This is what crazy. Can happen? Well, we got Kev. Let's get Kev. Oh, questions. let's go. Hello, Dune Pod. Kev here. Uh, well, look, right now it's 8.28 a.m. on March 6th, and as of right now, <laughs> it's my birthday. the movie is Aquaman, and the guest is Rosie Knight from Heat Vision. If Whoop. any of that changes, <laughs> I'm not I liable, and uh, I don't He's expect to be held liable. Kev's question, Aquaman is a relic from a cinematic universe that doesn't exist anymore. Uh, in fact, it doesn't exist so hard. The sequel is just like sitting around in the hopper, ready to go. And it probably won't even count by the time it, Warner Brothers has the marketing budget to advertise it this mm. Christmas. Kev's question, you're given the reins to a Dune cinematic universe. What are the spinoff movies oh, like? Yeah. Or, you know, just one. Your call. Who gets that Aquaman spot? And why is it Austin Butler as fate? <laughs> <laughs> Thank you very much, guys. Peace and love. I can't believe I got a question out of this, but I'll see you next Yay! time. Yay! 
once again, it's Kev's Questions. We love you, Kev. Nice. We love you, Kev, so much. Rosie, what do you think? What would be your spinoff of Dune? Man, I, I don't even really know. Like, that's just such an expansive, weird world. If I Okay, what would I do? If I had all the money in the world, I would do like a spinoff Dune animated series mm. that would go on HBO Max and it would just be about like, it wouldn't be a comedy, but it would be like a slice of life, like everyday mm. living in that world. Yeah. Sort of like, you know, dealing with the, what it's like to have to live under that rain. There's a great Star Wars book that I'm always recommending to people called uh, Lost Stars by Claudia mm. Gray. Mm -hmm. And it's basically like the first trilogy, but seen through the eyes of a kid who's a rebel and a kid who works for the empire. Nice. And I really like that kind of small scale, seeing the big picture kind In of thing. In the background. And I think that I just love animation. And I think that June is a world where you could have, imagine like Mobius style, like real, like time masters, you know, I, I think that would be really cool. That is Amazing. really cool. Amazing. I, I like the idea while they're still young, if you moved quickly. So first of all, the greatest television show of 2023 will be Silo. Starring <laughs> Rebecca Ferguson. Like I am in the tank all mm -hmm. the way. I love um, Rebecca. I would love to see. So Jason and I are on on record. We've never read any of the non-Frank Herbert books. Mm -hmm. um, but the idea of while they're still young, Oscar and Rebecca um, oh, and like, doing a prequel series oh, of wow. uh, the Duke. Because they had uh, great chemistry. Great they were chemistry. so good together. Yeah. Yeah, That's and you really just reuse so much of the some so much of the material mm -hmm. and stuff, um, and it would be super relevant. I think that'd be cool. I love that. I would do. I would. I. I mean, like, I want to see like sort of like a story set within one of like the other power centers in the universe. Mm -hmm. Like, yes. that's why Sisterhood was interesting because like the Bene Gesserit are the most, you know, the most interesting of the power yeah. centers, and like they're you know they have magic powers and how does that work and understanding all of that. The we don't we don't that the fifth and sixth books that Herbert wrote have a lot of problems, but the most interesting things is that it's centered within that universe, and so you get a lot of flavor um, of from that. Another option, though, if they're pulling the plug on Sisterhood, uh, would be to do like the Benny Tylacks, like who are like sort of the antagonists through most mm. of the most of the universe, and like they, but they are revealed to have this very interesting spiritual, uh, secret spiritual side where they're like you know basically secret Muslims, um, and that would be really interesting to like see. Um, sort of how they dealt with like this, the fact that they're hiding this religion um, from the world and they have these advanced technical powers. And like, it would just be interesting to see the, see it, a story set in another one of the power centers of the universe. I think hmm. in like a post-Watchmen world, you could actually tell that story in an interesting yeah, recontextualized totally. way. So many of these things that we like want to see, like you say, is like, there's so much that could be told wrong in that. But if you think about what they did with Watchmen, where they took this story and just completely yeah. recontextualized it to make it incredibly relevant and thoughtful and inclusive, I think you could do a really cool version yeah. like that. Yeah. Also, mm. I just need to add a postscript, Kev. I'm sorry, I'm an Aquaman apologist. James Gunn has actually said that Aquaman The Lost Kingdom is where the new DCU starts. He <laughs> says that's the, first, that's the first official, like, it's still involved. So I take that and hope it's true. It could definitely not be true. But just saying for now, I stay hopeful. I stay hopeful that Aquaman will be a part, even if it's just a little part, of that kind of ongoing future. I think it would, I think it would be great, but I, I want to be clear, like, I... I definitely did not buy everything James like James Gunn was selling. You know, when he was like, oh, 
Finally, it's all going to be together and it's all going to be consistent, except for Batman and except <laughs> yeah. for the Joker yeah, and except for all this other. Like, also, so it's like, it's we've not lived quite. Through, we've lived through many uh, <laughs> yes. announcements of slates. This right. is apparently just half of the first 10 years. We know how much of this will get made. It's right. not right. all of it. Yeah, so right, we got to right. pick our favorites. If um, we get authority, we'll if be we happy. Get, if we get Swamp Thing, I'll be and happy. Yeah, I, lo exactly. I love Swamp Thing. So yeah, it's interesting. It's an interesting time. Uh, I'll be I'll be here. Did we find out is the is the Swamp Thing uh, show on HBO Max? I will tell you, it better be because it's bloody good. If it's not, it's on the CW app. I'm a huge okay. <laughs> uh, that show is absolutely fantastic. They okay. actually adapt the weirdest issue of Swamp Thing by Alan Moore and which Stephen Bissett. Uh, Rights Rights of Spring, which is the yep. sex issue where he feeds. Yeah, the, tube, uh, the, the, the tuba and they yeah. adapt it and they make it like a beautiful romantic surreal trippy episode and it's absolutely spectacular i'm a, I'm a rights of spring lover rosie if jason like moves slightly to the side you'll see yeah, that you'll i bought him it. the absolute edition hey. of alan moore's swamp thing and he yeah. refuses to to read it, just I read refuse it. To. i'm it's just really illiterate good. i just i need to learn how to read guess what us. comics are really good for illiteracy because yeah. you can just look at the pictures <laughs> Looks like ah. pictures, yeah. so no excuses <laughs> all right here we go last voicemail hey goompa this is Corey from austin texas calling you while i'm actually watching aquaman <laughs> this, this is not gonna be for Corey. terrible <laughs> i haven't even sorry oh, Corey. I, I haven't even really paying attention to it it's so bad oh, I pay attention to it at all um uh, just superhero movies just are not my <laughs> thing anymore yeah. if they ever really were but it hits all the beats that i really just don't like about them uh, even Momoa being likable is really tough to swallow in all this. <laughs> that I, I don't know. I'm not just gonna just talk a bunch of shit about this movie on your podcast. Uh, hopefully, there's some interesting tidbits to be found in the episode. <laughs> Who would kill the foot and play? Who cares? I don't know. God, Corey, maybe. We broke. All right, love you guys. We, we broke, broke him. Corey. We broke him. Oh, I think. I think. I think behind the scenes, what people need to understand is that. H has been driving both Corey and Kev for too long to get in their voicemails for these episodes. And our schedule has shifted a fair amount in the early part of 2023. <laughs> and so like, they'll just get like a note at three in the morning, like, you know, nine one one, we're no longer doing this. And so I like, hate you. <laughs> yeah, Corey's, stop making me watch this movie. They have to like deliver on these jobs that they don't get paid for. You know what? I hope. That Corey got at least one chuckle. He turned yes, to the screen yes. and saw a, a, a hilarious moment that he unexpectedly got a laugh out of. Fingers mm, crossed. Yeah. <laughs> I will ask him at the meetup on Thursday night. Yes. You guys, we did it. We did it. Rosie, yeah. plug, plug, plug. Uh, you can listen to X-Ray Vision. We have two episodes a week every Hell week yeah. now. Uh, on Wednesday and Friday, Crooked Media. You can find us there. You can read all my writing at places like IGN. I've been covering The Last of Us. Uh, Polygon Nerdist, Den of Geek for my kind of comic booky stuff. And yeah, and then uh, I'm at Rosie Marks on Instagram and Letterboxd. I'm very honest on Letterboxd, so you will truly see all the bad movies I watch. If you think yes. Aquaman is a bad movie, go on my Letterboxd because Aquaman is like a five star movie. <laughs> Amazing, amazing. Rosie, we love having you here. It's so Such great to have you back. Oh, it's a yeah. joy. Thank you for having me. Mm, terrific. 
Jason, your plugs. My plug this week is for uh, the book uh, Tomorrow and Tomorrow and Tomorrow by Gabriel yes! Zevin, uh, which I just wow. finished today. It mm. is so fucking good. Everyone loves this book. Like this is a book so that good. really doesn't need my I have, a, I have a hardcover hidden by my Twilight Bobbies. I mean, I can, <laughs> I can dig it out. <laughs> Everyone loves this book. It's it, but it it's like one of these things that like gets ridiculously hyped and it is delightful. It's it lives about up to it though. Yeah, it's about two. It's like it's kind of catnip for Gen X gamers because it's about like uh you know two kids who like start a gaming company uh and like the games that they fell in love with when they were kids and the games that they like uh the games that they build it's very mm. like unlike i think ready player one mm -hmm, mm -hmm. um it's not about just like the reference like oh like i understand that reference to this thing it's about trying to like understand how you know it's why? about trying to understand why games work um mm -hmm. and and but then also the interpersonal story between the main characters is one of the best startup stories I've ever read. Like mm. the fact that like when you start a company with someone, you have this intense emotional relationship mm -hmm. with them because you're spending so much time with them. Mm. And like oftentimes it just goes badly. And like how heart like that's a very specific kind of heartbreak. That's not like losing a lover. Uh, it's not like losing a friend. It's like losing something else that's like a part of you. Um, right. And so I, I just I just loved I just loved it. Uh, highly recommend it. Great, is it, great read. Is it like starting a podcast with someone? It's like starting a podcast with someone. It's like falling in, <laughs> falling in love in, this, in a special way. Yes. <laughs> Thank you, guys. We love you. We'll see you next week. And that's it for this episode. I want to thank Jason and Rosie for an amazing conversation. Next week, we have a very special surprise bonus episode. And then we welcome the co-host of the Ringerverse podcast, Joanna Robinson. We talked the legendary 2016 Korean zombie film, Train to Busan. If you're enjoying the show, we need your help. Take a minute to leave us a five-star rating and a review wherever you listen to your podcast, or just tell your friends about us because it really does help new listeners find the show. We also have a Discord server where you can hang out with us whenever you want. A link is in the show notes. Dune Pod is a tape deck podcast, John, a production of H Industries. Our artwork is by Catcher, and our theme music was composed by Toby Forsman of Whipsong Music. Transcripts provided by Sophie Shin. The episode was edited by Megan Hayward of Edit Audio and produced by me, H. Thanks for listening. We'll see everybody next week. Take charters. I usually get paid in pirate treasure. Thanks for the ride, buddy.